listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hit me. All the chronic in the world can do the message. Do the ultimate high. You know what I'm saying, baby? Now check this out. Take my money, my house and my car for one hit of you. You can have it all, baby. Cause making love every time we do, girl, it burns their drugs. Cause I'm an addict of you. shine forever but as long as it's here then we might as well shine together better now than never business before pleasure p diddy and the fam who you know do it better yeah right no matter what we add tight so when you hear something make sure you hear it right don't make an ass out of yourself by assuming our music keeps you moving so what are you proving you know that I'm two levels above you, baby. Hug me, baby. I'ma make you love me, baby. Talking crazy. Ain't gonna get you nothing but choke. Alright, um. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the Black Out Tips Podcast. It's your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on, uh, Thursday. Yes, I'm still trying to calm down from kryptonite. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> for, those, for those of y'all that, that get here before the show on, um, uh, on Spreecast, uh, then you get treated to, uh, music as we prepare for the show. And, um, sometimes we might play, uh, some Ab Soul. Sometimes we might play, uh, Big Boy Kryptonite. And sometimes we might play Lady, uh, Yankin', her hit single from, <laughs> her hit single from the, <laughs> her hit single from the album Bitch from Around the Way 2. Yes, you know, yes. I don't know what happened to Around the Way 1. She had to make a second trip. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, if you listen to the show long enough, you should recognize the two voices that you heard. Uh, if you have not listened to the show that long, but you listen to the Black is Online podcast, um, you should also be familiar with the voices. Uh, it's Casey and Chris Layman um, from Black is Online. Uh, what's up, y'all? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Rod and Chilling, man. Glad to have y'all back. We've been on the show before. Um, and you know, it's about, it's award season. You know, everybody's getting in those last bids. And, and you know, it's like, um, when David Robinson won the scoring title, he wanted his last game to be 70 points so he could get, make sure he got the scoring title, get the MVP award. And everybody's coming back around to the show like, Hey, man, let, let's run it again. Cause, yeah, uh, we want to get nominated. Right. I'm trying to win. <laughs> trying to win, baby. <laughs> Soon as he said it was a contest, it was like, hold up, I got to come back. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you can check them out. I listen to their podcast. Yes, sir. Um, Black is online. And, and it's a conglomerate of several podcasts, but you can find it all on one stream on iTunes. Uh, you have the brotherly, uh, the brothers Lehman sports album, uh, sports hour. Um, or Lehman Brothers, but you know, I, I say Brothers Lehman because I mean, they, they brothers first, they black y'all. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also have like Culture Connection, they have, um, the Black Is Break, but y'all also have, um, another one too for, um, People that are like movers and shakers. I just forget. The name escapes me right now. But It is movers and shakers. There we go. I'm glad you brought that up. That's where we highlight different people, either folks that are in the community doing things or every now and again we get some celebrity guests that we can talk to and chit-chat and catch up with them on their careers. And so, yeah, all four of those, please check them out. It's like a medley of just different blackness, man. Like your your <laughs> feed on iTunes, it, I mean, it says black is. It is black is like yeah. I, I love y'all shows um i love like just the different experiences and it feels like a one-stop shop where you can get a little bit everything. of everything it's like yeah i feel like some peas i feel like some greens go ahead and give me some fried chicken <laughs> no nah, i don't want that today i feel like meatloaf you know i don't eat no pork so i'm a vegetarian you got that for everybody no um, shit no hog mugs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one of them type of people. I'm like, you know, mm, I, I can't do this. I gotta go light today. You know, I, sometimes I might take it heavy. You know, just, just depend on my, my eating style. It's like a all you can eat uh, buffet. And when I listen, sometimes I agree. Sometimes I sit there angry and just fussing out loud. Not out loud, but in my cub- cubicle out loud. Like, mm, mm, you, never. yeah, I, that's the thing, um, <laughs> about your, your, your podcast that, uh, I think is the most fascinating is, uh, especially the group, the discussions yeah. really keep me glued to my seat because on the one hand there's always somebody I'm mad at and it kind of changes from 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 show to show topic <laughs> to topic even and then there's always somebody that I'm like could not be feeling even more it's like oh I agree with you so much um so I was going to uh I, I was going to ask I know last time you were here we talked about how you record and whatnot um but I, I this was for uh KC I had to give you some props because from one host to another host, you know, you deal with, uh, like I think the hosting job is a little underrated. Yes, it is. And you you really only notice the host of a, of a podcast when they're fucking up. Yep. Yep. (laughs) You don't never notice it when they're doing good. I feel like a host is like a car that don't need to go to the mechanic. Right. As long as it's running well, everybody just assumes that everything is going right because you just makes it look so easy. And if you make it look easy, for me, uh, doing a podcast with Roderick, I give kudos to anybody that can make it look easy because I'm looking at the inter- 
intimate stuff that you're doing. I'm like, this shit is complex, but man, she's making it look easy. Yeah, I was gonna say this, and this it sounds like an insult at first, but trust me, as a host, uh, I think you'll understand. You know when to shut up. <laughs> that is so hard. It, I know you. it's hard. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy, but. We have a solid crew of regular podcasters. Shout out to the team. We're actually meeting tomorrow because we all went to go see Django Unchained yesterday. Oh, Django was off the chain. You know what I'm saying? Up top. Definitely off the chain. So we decided to have an impromptu session uh, at the end of the year. But we have some really big personalities that come to the table as far as our regular crew is concerned. We have guests that come in that fall in every now and again. Um but those big personalities have big voices and big opinions. And so I try my best to not let my big voice and big opinion like cloud the entirety of the conversation and let folks have at it sometime. Every now and again, I have to, um, you know, mediate. It yeah. get a little hot at the table. Um, and so I try to, you know, stop it when it's getting a little crazy. Uh, but overall... Everybody comes in there with mad respect for one another, mad respect for the differing opinions and knowing that we're about to have a good, solid, hardcore debate. So we come in, we come in with joy when we podcast. So I thank you guys for the, for the big ups. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cause all them Negroes can talk. Yes. yes. All yes, of them. <laughs> and they're all, they're all smart and all that stuff. So it's not like, Oh, this, this person is talking too much. Why don't you shut Ooh, up? They all have valid. Yeah, opinions it, and, right. yeah and it's the most uh it's the most frustrating type of disagreement because their points are making sense and they're being concise and they have a lot to add to each point but when you're disagreeing with whatever they're saying it's like oh just no i would say this just shut up and let me talk and it's like <laughs> you know but but they're well composed arguments man and um and yeah and the decorum on the show man you would think that at some point it would uh like, have you guys ever gotten to a point where people were mad at each other or off the mic or after the show, people were like, I ain't talking to that motherfucker. Every now and again, folks do have to step out. Like, in between sessions, mm -hmm. um, people will get up and go outside and take a breather, you know, do a shot, whatever they got to do to to relax themselves in regards to libating and everything. Um I think... Oh, wait, that's right. Y'all have alcohol there, too? I'm surprised y'all had a stabbing or nothing. <laughs> Oh yeah, the bar is open when, uh, <laughs> when when the podcast sessions go down, and I think I'm probably the person who gets up more often than not. There's one pot because like, we do we have the um, we have the the regular break, and then we also have the mics off podcasts that are unedited and raw. But then there's also the lost tapes, which I think we might start playing in 2013. Those are the conversations that you guys don't get to hear or the edited pieces that you don't get to hear mm. where people are just going smooth off they smooth off they lose they cool they they just jump out their frame and that happens to me sometimes even as the host um and so i'll just get up and walk away and just be like these motherfuckers. oh so you got the benefit of editing the show so chris man be honest man does she leave out her ratchet moments and that's why i feel like she's so composed and the best one on the show no, she doesn't. Most of the time she goes off. Like, I know for those who heard the, the month of the political podcast, um, she and uh, one of our normal Black Kids members, uh, John Wood, had a heated debate. And she just kind of said something, came back out, came back in again a second later and was like, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's when you don't have time to think about that thing i keep expecting it to be like just one time to be like uh, okay uh we had to take a quick break but we're back uh john <laughs> is in the hospital uh somebody got stabbed but uh we got yeah, the paramedics but- cleaned up so it's fine I, I think that that politics one was probably the rawest one we had this year. Before that, the one we did with black women on black hair was really raw. Mm. Um, and then the one we did on reparations, of course, which I, I still think is probably uh, one of our strongest, funniest podcasts, um, just in terms of the varying perspectives at the table and the level of heat that was on the mic that could not be edited out. It was just part of the conversation. Well, it's funny too, because, um, the political ones that I listened to, especially the ones that were like almost like a series of debates. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the feeling I came away was really more like, man, these niggas know they shit. Like it was <laughs> less of a like I disagree or I'm mad, but it's more of a like, damn, did you know that there was a corn subsidy on that shit? Because <laughs> I didn't know. Like they debating the minutia of the corn subsidy, and <laughs> like I, I don't even have, a, I'm not even angry. I'm just impressed that they wouldn't both know some shit like that. So, um, and you know what? For us, Rod, I think. One reason why we wanted to have that series leading up to the leading up to the uh, election. election was the fact that you know Chris and I are, are fairly aware of what's happening as far as politics are concerned, but we are surrounded by a, a lot of erudite Negroes that are very learned and very scholarly, and they were in just regular conversation putting us onto things that we weren't really aware of, and we realized the majority of people weren't really aware of. Like, I don't know if you guys know, out here in California, we had a proposition that dealt with the labeling of... Um, what am I trying to say? The labeling of food that's manufactured. So... Um, and that was a big deal. It's like, you know, I want to know whether or not the chicken I'm buying at the store is cloned. Please put a label on there so I'm, I'm clear on that. Yeah, I've but heard that. Yeah. 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 A that lot. proposition did not pass. Nope. And we talked about it extensively on the podcast and amongst one another. And we tried to spread the word to, you know, our folks word of mouth. And after it went through, I started having conversations with people and realized they were either completely clueless as to what that proposition was saying. They got like thrown off off by all of the commercials and propaganda they were being hit with. So what we wanted to do ultimately was inform people and really try to give a heads up to black community and all people of color, period. Like when it comes to election years, we do focus on mainly who's running for president and vice president, but you got to read the fine print. We got to be aware of what we're really casting our votes for and not necessarily leave it up to those little ballots that we get in the mail to clearly explain What's going on? All the information is online. If you just, you know, do a little digging, you know, take take a couple of hours and spend some time reading on it. So that's what we were hoping to do uh, through that series. I'm glad y'all checked it out. And 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 what exactly? Like, how was it worded? Like, were they saying like we were, we were not, we're not going to let you know what's it? Like, how was it uh, structured as far as written on the ballot? It was basically like, you know, the state reserves the right to not label what's called GMOs, genetically modified food. I forget what the O stands for. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it was like we reserve the right to not label um, the food. But if if the proposition passed, it would be we're going to be labeling food, everything, so that you know whether or not it's been produced with genetically modified ingredients. For example, I love bourbon. I'm a, I'm a bourbon drinker. Mm-hmm. But bourbon is made from corn. 
corn is a genetically modified food. Mm. Um, a lot of it is genetically modified. So the bourbon that I'm drinking sometime might be coming from genetically modified corn. And the food that's genetically modified has all kind of hormones and weird shit in it that may not have an effect on you right away. Like you might not have diarrhea or constipation, but you know, 20 years down the line, you might all of a sudden develop a cancerous tumor and not know where to attribute it to. And it could be because your ass has been tossing back genetically modified ah. produced, you know, bourbon. And so it's, it seems like a small deal, but one, one of our podcasters, uh, Wayne Bird, Dr. Wayne Bird, he was real clear that the company Monsanto, which is the one that is really trying to have like, uh, a, all this stuff on lockdown. They basically want to own all the seeds in yeah. the world. Um, and they, they produce fruit that does not bear any seeds. So oh. if you want to grow more fruit or vegetables, you got to go back to them and buy more seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they but, have patents on seed. So right. It's a gangster situation for <laughs> right. real. But what, what they're doing, it, it'll kill you over the long term because all the hormones that are in those genetically modified foods have a, 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 a an effect. You know, mm-hmm. we just don't see it automatically. So people don't worry about it, you know, but ultimately it, it will have an effect on you at some point. So, yeah, out here we wanted to know. We wanted to know what we were buying. So mm-hmm. we, Chris and I decided we will be planting some food this spring. <laughs> don't let don't let Monsanto find out. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. How 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 you gonna have like an apple or or like um peppers and all that shit without no seeds in it? Well, um, what'll happen is some of them have seeds in it. The seeds are like they don't grow. Like if you were to plant those seeds in the right. ground, nothing will come out of those seeds. What they sterilize it? Yeah, basically they're sterile. Yes. Yeah, the best way to go about trying to get seeds is, is there's an organization called Seeds of Change that's good for um, distributing organic seeds. The other best way is to go to your uh, neighbor. Mm-hmm. All your elders that you know are still growing collards and mustards and tomatoes Lots and snap beans in their yard. Just go get a plant. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the pot and, and grow it that way. And, and if you can't, if you can't grow it yourself, just go to other people's yards in a suit and grab their plants and tell them you from Monsanto, and they'll they'll be like, okay, doing a Monsanto jack. Yeah, is it, like, hey man, these are these are this are squash, man. Come is, on. is is it true that Monsanto was like? I'm not sure if it was them or was like I heard of a company that were like was growing stuff, and if their product blew on like your ground yeah. they would actually go over there and actually try to charge you or force you to pay for you know what i mean it was right. like, like crazy. if their seeds germinated in the, on your land yeah they could come and confiscate uh either the product or demand payment or sue you for selling wow it. i'm not him yeah not they, they gangster dog. yeah that's what i thought and when y'all said it, i was like yeah i was like i think this is the same company and to me that's crazy because guess what? That's nature. That's natural. Stuff is going to fly in the air. Stuff is going to float in the air. And so they had like farmers losing acres and acres and driving farmers out completely out of business and all that shit because they stuff and they couldn't afford to pay them. Yeah. Right. And see, the one thing that got us about Monsanto and Wayne was, if you were listening to that podcast, Wayne was the one who said he wasn't voting for, he was going to vote. But he wasn't voting for a presidential candidate because he felt like they were both the lesser of two evils. His primary issue, it seemed, at the table with President Obama was that at some point during the first term, President Obama put the man who was the president of Monsanto mm-hmm. as the head of the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. Yeah. 
And we were like, damn, that's a little shifty. Like, it's something about that doesn't sit right yeah. with us. So it's like, if especially if Obama is really all about, um, you know, progression when it comes to keeping the air clean and, and, and keeping... Um, just being eco-friendly, right. right, and keeping the environment together. How could he put somebody who was all about manufacturing seeds um, as the head of the Food and Drug Administration? That now means that that man is going to be the person who, you know, stamps what is approved with the food and the drugs. And if, if he's all right with genetically modified food, then there's not too much he's not going to be all right with. Yeah, it's just funny because, like, uh, I feel like people like that are idealists. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just, I'm so fucking cynical at this point that mm. lesser of two evils is exactly what I vote every time. And I will always vote that way. And okay. I can't, I can't believe there were ever people who didn't. Like, <laughs> I feel like, especially black folks or any people of color, because every president before Obama has been white right. to our knowledge. You you really were always choosing the lesser of two evils. You didn't necessarily know whether or not the candidate you were looking at truly had your back. Right. Um, but you just kind of hoped that the person I was going to be about what they were talking about. I think culturally we've seen the bottom of the boot hill enough to not believe in anybody's hype so it's kind of mm-hmm. like in a way it's kind of good that some black people did feel that way because like good man that's good for america that some black people can feel that like uplifted and part of the process but not me like i was just like yeah nigga just pull the leather for obama because uh let's be honest we that, 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 that you don't want the other thing so let's just keep it no. real um uh, right you mess around and we'll be back in slavery again picking cotton yeah yeah, I never, the other thing too is I think, um, as a black person, I never believed in Obama as some like mythical god creature no. or something. I was just like, it'll be like, it's always who is the, of the two choices. Cause unfortunately we don't have, you know, and people keep saying third party. We need like 12 parties, by the way, but. Uh, we don't have another real choice in my opinion. Even third parties are often just an offshoot of one of the parties and it's typically one of the the, the extreme shit that they yes, believe sir. in. So it's like, we libertarian, we believe in no government. It's like, well, don't help nobody. Let everybody live on their own. Right. It's like, that's not really a choice, sir. No, that's not. So, so it's like, uh, you know, because we don't have a third party, I just look at the two parties and I'm like, alright, which, which motherfucker would I want to go to another country representing me? And that's about as simple as it gets, man. Like, if I had to see this nigga on TV all the time, I like to like him. That's all. Right. I agreed. And I remember we debated that point with Wayne, but he had already made up his mind about what he was going to do. But, you know, yeah. nonetheless. Thank God he's in California. Wait, where is he at? <laughs> is he in California? I don't yes, know. Is. Yeah, thank God. Like, <laughs> like I like the people that's like, I'm in New York, and here's my problems with Obama. I was like, nigga, he gonna win in New York, so okay. Yeah, you might as well get that up. He he got that state. <laughs> you can have you can you in a state where you can afford to have some issues. I was in North Carolina, and I can't afford to be the hedge of my bet. Like, no, right? I gotta be over here vigilant. Like, come on, we still lost, and I was like, come on, man, get out to the polls, y'all. <laughs> for real. <laughs> now, Chris, um, Chris, I noticed that you. I like a sniper of of talking. Like I know like you also will sit back and play the cut and let all these illustrious negroes pontificate and you know the tempers will get rose and people will do, and every once in a while you just feel moved to talk and then you jump in and you say something, kill the point and then move out, man. Like what what is it about what is it that uh that makes you like that? Is that just how you are all the time or is that just a role that you play on the podcast? 
nah, that's me. I come with the podcast. I'm just me and myself. I'm not the talkative person like my wife is or some of the other folk on there. And when they start getting real deep, I'm like, I, I don't know. Let me just bring it back. <laughs> simple <laughs> point and... You know, let y'all pontificate and get real deep again. And then when I feel like it's my turn to jump in, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, it, it, I always feel like everybody's going off. I forget Chris is on the show. And then, like, he'll just lean forward and be like, this is Chris. Uh, <laughs> th- that nigga walk funny. And they're like, oh, yeah, that is right. That nigga do walk funny. <laughs> like, why would you even vote for him? That's a good point. <laughs> but, um, all right, so y'all just had Christmas, man. Y'all have one little one, right? Yeah. yeah. Four year old boy. Alright, four years old. So, um, yeah. now I know before the show started, y'all were saying that this is like the more of a trying Christmas this year than I guess normal. Uh, is it just cause he's getting at that age where he's wanting shit, yeah, man? No, wanting everything like my niece. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had Christmas. My niece is a Christmas birthday child. Mm-hmm. So, oh. it, yeah, so she gets, like, she literally walked in the house and said, where are my presents? <laughs> <laughs> She was not trying to she speak just to nobody. Seven. Yeah, we had to. We had to sing. We sang "Happy Birthday." birthday. She was not amused. She was ready to get that mm-hmm. shit over with. She was like, Mm-mm, "I done heard this all damn day on my other grandma's house." Mm-mm. Right. <laughs> Let me find a tree and wear my presents. Um. So yeah, like um. What what about this Christmas? Do you think made it like you know more work or what what not? It was just a little tight money wise. We had a lot a lot of things going on, so we weren't able to give him. We everything go, he right. was asking for which is it, impossible yeah because every every commercial that came on yes. mommy daddy i want that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want that oh look at this i want that and all the stuff coming in the mail all the little flyers and things he want everything in there so the funny thing is that morning he wakes up he's like mommy it's gonna be a lot of gifts under the press under the tree i was like yeah come on let's go downstairs he gets like downstairs to the point where he has a vantage point and can see the gifts under the tree and he turns to me Mommy, it's just a few gifts under the tree. <laughs> oh Lord! Right, that you know what? That's how Layla was. Layla, literally, Layla goes. Uh, she takes the box without opening it yet, like uh, not unwrapping it. She goes, "It's jewelry." And then she just then she unwraps, proceeds to look at her jewelry, put it to the side, opens up another box, more jewelry, a watch. I already got a watch this morning. It's <laughs> like, girl, are you serious? See, and, and Roger wonder why folks be like, fuck that. I bought you this shit. Santa Claus didn't buy you a goddamn thing. Well, right. shit, if, if she gonna be looking with that look on her face, I'll tell her Santa got it. So I'm like, right. that was from Santa. You, you ain't like that too much. I got you that shirt. <laughs> and you know what? That, and you know what? That made parents want to snap it. I look here. Yeah. You ain't bought shit. You don't work. You don't bring any income. But you want to say shit about me going to work every damn day. Take it. See that make a parent snap. You know what I was thinking when uh, Casey was talking? Um, commercials for you. Cause I, I watch Cartoon Network religiously. Both of us do. Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, I love it. Like, I don't know. I do one of my favorite channels. Yeah. I don't know what happened when cartoons start being for adults and kids. Like, I don't know when it happened exactly. But, um, like so much stuff now is like, I'm sitting up here like, Oh my God, they're talking about weed or whatever. It's just like, but the kid has no idea because the uh-huh. kid don't have any context for life to, to, to put it that way. But so I watch it and commercials come on and I realize now for you during Christmas, commercials must be the goddamn devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come on all the time. And as soon as they come on and I'm sitting here watching with him, I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm like, he gonna want that. 
Of course you do. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. 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 We have an iPad too. And this is where these mofos have gotten really, really slick. Mm -hmm. They slide in advertisements in the midst of kids playing games. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's on the app and then be like, ooh. Mommy, look at this. It, it, it could even be an ad for an app for you to purchase. And that's something else. I want that. We should get that for the iPad. We should download that. Mm. It's, it's out of control. And, and, and they also, like I said, cause I, I, I like, I like toys and things like that, but they also have like, kids versions of the ipad without it being an ipad like a handheld right. that they can do and right. i went online to to see about it because i was like well hey i might you know i thought about um may purchase for later but i didn't purchase it because a lot of parents were complaining because with with those the whole thing is full of commercials and they constantly pop up and the parents will pick the i can, they was like i can't turn this shit off like you don't give me an option as a parent to turn it off, so I don't have to constantly hear my kid beg me for shit that I'm not gonna get them. Yeah, like even because <laughs> as an adult, for me, the commercials hold no value. I'll record something and just fast forward through cartoon yes. commercials because I don't care. No, but as a kid, like sometimes you know I'll leave the TV on, I forget to change it, and I look up and it's like, look, it's the Hulk Power Fist or some shit, and it talks and it it makes you into the Hulk. It's like, yeah, I, that's so cool, and I'm and you know. As an adult, I'm just like, oh, it's probably just some plastic bullshit Cheap. I put on my hands. But as a kid, it's like, I could be the Hulk. Mama, I need this Mama, in my I life. Need, I need to now. be the Hulk this Christmas. <laughs> right. Yeah, that so. Iron Man talking mask. That says, <laughs> like, oh, shit. So, $45. Cough it up, baby. So at four years old, man, what kind of stuff does he want? Um, Eli this year was all about Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Our child had no context for Disney until 2012. We hadn't introduced him to anything Disney. He went to Disneyland when he was, what, two, three, and had no clue what the fuck yeah. anything was, <laughs> anybody was there. But this year, Disney came into his life, and he was Jake and the Neverland Pirates. I see that the one. <laughs> do y'all now do y'all are y'all the parents that do the like nikes on a on a toddler because you know you gotta have the freshest toddler or y'all the parents that go uh you just gonna put them jordans in your mouth so. i know it's so and drool on them and gnaw on them and spit up on them. no no i shop exclusively for eli's shoes look i take him to stride right to get his feet measured mm -hmm. and then we go over to Nordstrom's rack where all the shoes for kids his age is between 15 and 22 dollars mm. and we come up <laughs> I like I love it. I love it. My now I was a kid I'm about colors. Do they match the clothes in your closet? <laughs> no. I don't know how y'all were raised, man, but I have no shame in my game. I was a kid that was raised where my grandmother and my mom would sometimes take me to the thrift store. I don't even know if these places exist anymore. They do. They do. Okay. Mm -hmm. They would take me to the thrift store and Goodwill. So it was like, you know, like it was like not not for everything. You know, obviously, but it was nothing for my grandmama to be like, oh, yeah, I saw some uh, some of those shoes at Goodwill. So uh, I just went ahead and got you some, baby. And and I and I would wear them motherfuckers with pride. I was it wasn't no Goodwill stickers on them shoes. I would wear them shoes to school like them niggas came out of Nike outlet that day. Yes, sir. No shame in my game. So much shit I got from Goodwill. I, every Garfield uh, book that I've ever read came out of a Goodwill. <laughs> like was, yeah, your mama, your grandma, the good real queen, man. I'm gonna tell you, a parent's blessing are grandparents 
and godparents. Our child has a, a godfather who is a shoe aficionado and who will go stand in line for ridiculous amounts of hours to buy shoes for his godson. So Eli has Jordans, mm. but none of them purchased by our hands, right? Not coming out of our pocket. <laughs> and as far as his toy game is concerned, like, our tree might have been sparse, but he went to both grandparents' houses and, and came right on up. So by the oh, end of the yeah. night, he was all right. Like, you, you covered. We ain't got to get you everything. You all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, do y'all let him believe in Santa? Do y'all do the uh, no Santa's, just us, uh, the the mix? Um, half and Sa- half. Santa got you this. What do you, how do y'all handle it? Yeah, we, let him believe. Yeah, we didn't move. We kind of had a mix. We got some gifts that, you know, we knew the ones he really wanted. And I'm like that with my life. What do you really want? Not like 10 things. What couple things do you really want? I right, I get you those. Say they from Santa. Mm-hmm. And a couple other things is from us. And, you know, he takes pictures. We got a, uh, the mall up here. So he takes pictures with the black Santa. Okay, I was just going to ask that too. Do y'all do the black Santa? Okay. Yes. Yes, we do. Pictures with black Santa only. Oh, see now I think if I had a kid, I don't plan, ever plan on having one. But if I had if I had a kid, I think I would go with uh, like a Asian Santa or some shit that like ah, Mick Santa. Yeah, and like especially before they can remember like maybe like Latino Santa one year, then Asian Santa, and then like white Santa, then black Santa for like three years and in they a row. Know this Santa goes all around the world. Yeah, and then when he grows up and looks at them pictures, he'd be like, Damn dog, I was dumb as shit. I thought this dude was Santa every year. <laughs> And he was different every year that I saw him. And I'm like, I would play kid tricks on my kid. That's what I would do. Um, hey, Santa is Santa travels around the world. You never know, right? Exactly. Santa, a lot of people. Like Santa got uh, got some some powers, dog. He can show up somewhere and change ethnicities on the spot. Like, oh, yeah. I will say I did use Santa to my advantage this year. So for the whole month of December, if he was trying to cut up at all, I told him I had Santa's uh, phone number. I was like, I'm about to text Santa right now that you are cutting up. <laughs> right. Asked right. No, mommy, don't. Right. You're like, let me. Yeah. I pimp Santa this year. You know, Santa. <laughs> Santa is on uh, Twitter too. <laughs> so I will, I will, I will retweet and and snitch on you in a heartbeat, little kid. Like, let I get me, to Santa instantly. Like, don't let me go up in Santa mentions because I will go up in his mentions and, and light no, it up. Won't nobody get nothing this year, dog. <laughs> but yeah, man, if I had a kid, I would definitely play uh, time lapse tricks on him. Like my parents did me. Um, like my parents would let me dress in anything for a while. So I got a picture in cowboy hat and cowboy boots and uh, bolo tie. And mm-hmm. uh, you dress they, yourself, yeah, yeah. And this is shit that they let me wear out, so it's not like <laughs> just a picture in the house. It's like me at the mall but, and shit. But you know what? To an extent, I understand why parents do that. It's better to let you wear what you want than to fight and fuss and argue with you over what the hell you got on. Oh, I like it, and I think it's funny. And uh, you know, also, um, they got. I was a big fan as a kid. For people that are familiar with this, uh, of Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so y'all familiar? So do y'all know that the General Lee is the car, and it's painted like the Confederate flag? Yes, I do. Yes, that, I do. That I was the car up close. That was my birthday cake. So <laughs> my parents had to go to whatever Bilo or some grocery and store get them to personally make that. And and when I picked out the General Lee, he had to look at some brother or white man behind the counter. Like, <laughs> 
That's yes, what, that's what the bell wants. That's what my son wants. <laughs> and uh, they got a picture of me blowing out the candles, smiling like shit at the General <laughs> Lee. Uh, it's a boon of my existence now. Now now I'm like, oh, why did I even, uh, the bane of my existence now? Why but did you I loved it, though. You were happy. Oh, yeah. I still know, the, you know, just the good old boys. That was my shit now. I fucks hey, with you, the dude. You saw one of them in Django, right? I know you did. The, saw who in Django? Uh, one what is it? Um, who was the dark skinned one that was? He was in Django. Bo or uh, Luke? Dark haired one. Oh, I didn't. Which one was it? Y'all know who he was? He was playing the uh, the marshal when they first oh. went in. And he was like, go get the marshal, and he was in all black. Oh, I didn't even know that was him. Yeah, that was. Uh, it's, I, I, I just was I was just reading about it on this article. I'm gonna try to pull yeah, it up. I almost yeah, that. I was like, oh snap, it's Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, oh, I fucks with Dukes of Hazard, dog. That was my show. Now I had to stop watching. Uh, I went through a phase when I was about 13 where my best friend turned Muslim, so I had to pretend to hate white people for like three years and shit. It was <laughs> it was awkward. I didn't even have no problem with white people, but I'd be like, yeah, oppression is white devils holding us down, Damien. You right, brother. <laughs> And then I, then secretly I'd be talking to my white friends like in, in my AP class and shit like, hey man, uh, you study for that test? Cool, man. <laughs> Hold on, here come Damien. Get, get off of me, white oppressor of the masses. I don't want you. <laughs> um, alright, so, um, that's cool, man. I'm glad your Christmas went good, man. It sounds like everything's straight, man. It does. Um, I don't know if we asked y'all this before, man, but how did y'all meet? Yes. We met and we went to the same Junior high and high school was it was basically from junior high all the way to to high school. We met we're a year apart, so I met her in an English class we shared. I think I was in eighth grade, she was in seventh, mm-hmm. and I liked her then, and we became friends. And I never pursued her that hard in high school, probably because I was real shy in high school, real quiet. And but I just want to let her know, hey, I like you and. So when we when I let when we when I graduated, we just kept in touch. And once I got graduated from college, it was like, hey, let's get us a try. Mm. Man, you waited for a while, brother. You was really <laughs> diligent. And the funny thing is, the year that Chris refers to us having a class together, I do not remember him in that class at all. <laughs> I knew Chris. Chris was the guy who walked around school. He was he was he's a music head, so he always had headphones on. He'd be somewhere head bobbing, and every morning he'd be by my homeroom asking girls for hugs. Can I get a hug? How you doing this morning? <laughs> always give Chris his hug. Um, but he is a very talented, what people don't know about Chris, he's a very, very talented, uh, musician. He plays the trumpet. Oh. And I really, really fell for him in high school, his senior year, um, because he was part of the jazz band. And Chris is very quiet. Um, and so he wasn't, he wasn't much of a conversationalist, but seeing him on stage with his horn, he was just a new person. He was just like, he just lit up, like he came mm. alive. And so I was just really curious to get to know more about him. And he was just a nice, genuinely a nice guy, just mm. nice guy. Yeah. So he was trying to, you was trying to, he was trying to do the friend zone thing to with the, with the <laughs> hugs. Now, Chris, were you out there hugging like eight women so you could get to KC? Or was it just like, you was like, come on, one of these women got, got, got to bend at some point. 
He just wanted to fill everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been that too. But yeah, I, I, I didn't care. You know, I was like, "Hey, it's the morning. Hey, what's up?" And you know, that's how that's how I greeted her. Let me get a hug, and it wasn't. It really wasn't nothing. It was just like, "Hey, you know, I wasn't big pimping back then." Yeah. And see, I, I didn't have. Stuff. I didn't have any game either, man. I gave out so many free massages and shit in high school. I wish I could have, I wish I could have every last one of those massages back. I got no pussy off of those, uh, <laughs> except for the ones for Karen. That was the only, I was just, I'll just put those in and take all the ones back from those other heartless chicks that, uh, left me, left me alone. So, uh, yeah. And then the other thing too, um, Chris, man, was you on some more better blues shit, man? Like you was just yeah. like what, what? What kind of jazz did you playing, man? You putting on the suit and all that stuff to to perform? No, she said all the suit. No, I dressed <laughs> nice. We had performances at school, um, like during the spring and, and winter. And I, you know, I, it was a hobby for me. I took lessons outside of school, and it was fun. Yeah, I mean. And he was. Was, he's a trumpet soloist. He was Bleak Gilliam up there on that stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, like, I, I picture you sitting behind Casey in class and her not paying any attention to you. But in, in your mind, um, you sitting there and this is playing. <laughs> hey, uh, can I get a hug? <laughs> Can I get a hug? Can I get a hug? Can I get a uh, can I get a hug? Uh, let me get a hug real quick, guys. That's how I picture it in your mind. And when we were dating, Chris was very romantic. I remember he took me to the beach one time with the trumpet and he serenaded me. It was it was oh, awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, he played when we were when I when we were getting married. When I came down the aisle, he was playing the trumpet. Oh now, Chris, can you sing? I cannot. And See, I don't try. Yeah. I was going to give that's I'm giving you props because so many brothers can't sing and they try to serenade the chicks. But if you can't sing, it's not really helpful. Like it's like appreciate the effort, but right. your, ass, your ass can't sing. Yeah, I dated that dude. Just do a yeah. poem. <laughs> Just do a poem, read something. That's fine. You don't have to sing. Right. I dated that dude. And it's like, bruh. I appreciate the, the, the effort, effort. thought behind it, but it's <laughs> working against you right now. Yeah, so we're gonna continue to do it. <laughs> so so many dudes try to sing and they can't look, man, if your girl has ever looked at you with that smile like, come on, just stop it. She really wants you to stop it. She just thinks you're being sweet. Stop singing. Pick up a motherfucking trumpet, man. Learn how to play an instrument. <laughs> you can learn to play an instrument with enough discipline and time on your hands. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you will never be able to sing. Give up on your dreams of singing and pick up a motherfucking instrument, man. That shit works. <laughs> Just because every rapper trying to sing now don't mean everybody can sing. I know it's <laughs> so. If you don't have a voice, that's all right. Just find something else to do. Let it go. Yeah, don't kill us with your voice, please. And you can't. You can't auto tune a trumpet, man. So you, yeah, gotta, you sure can't. But uh, yeah, I, that's that's awesome, man. I, I, so um, now, who asked who? about getting serious like who was the person that was like yeah we need to do this thing stop playing games and, and be exclusive to each other i don't remember oh no i remember oh shit. i know who it is like <laughs> i don't like, want to say who you think i asked but no. <laughs> <laughs> no she i wanted you know we were serious but you know she put it on the table like you know hey i got only a certain amount of time 
You know, if you want to get serious, <laughs> let me know. If you don't, then um, don't waste my time. And I, and I, and I explain myself. No, I felt it. I, I didn't. I didn't take offense to it because I was like, I totally get where she was coming from. Like I'm on that path. I didn't put it out there, but I was like, okay. Well, she seems, and I don't know how it is behind the closed doors, but KC seems very vocal where straightforward. you don't have to worry too much about her, like, secretly keeping shit, like, grudges on you and you'll never know. Like, it's going to come out eventually and you will know exactly how she feels. Is that, is that close to the truth? Yes, yeah, it is. I'm yeah. Straight no chaser. The thing, the thing about it is, I was, when I was younger, I had a lot of really crazy ideas about relationships and marriage. Like, for one, I didn't want to date anybody for longer than two years. If after two years we weren't engaged and the relationship was a wrap, I went through a period. <laughs> she was like, don't waste my hey, motherfucking I'm time. Only, I'm only laughing because I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was, I was like 16 and 17, right? And I had an internship with this company. And so I'm working with like 35 year olds, 40 year olds, and I'm like 17. So this one lady, uh, she was talking to my, my mentor. His name was Tim. And, uh, she's talking about some dude she went on a date with. She's like, yeah, the date went pretty good. You know, I liked them. And, uh, you know, so if we, uh, probably start hanging out, you know, and, uh, I have my rules. So, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. And I was like, what rule? And she was like, well, um, he has a year to propose to me and if not then i'm gonna you know i cut it off and so i was like now i'm 17 so i just like the oh actually i'm 16 yeah i was 16 so the smile on my face must have been ridiculous because i was just looking at her like i've never met someone who would think something like that so i was like uh what if it's going good at a year but he's not ready to get married like he's not ready to propose but it's going pretty good. Like you really like him, but you cut him off anyway. She's like, well, you know, I have my rule. Got to stick to the rule. I was like, do you make him aware of the rule? Yes. Like, I was like, and when do you do it? Is it like date one? Because that sounded psycho to me. She goes, no. Uh oh. I don't tell him. Right, Karen. Yeah. We we have lost sound. <laughs> oh, y'all can't hear us. Oh, there no, there you go. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, no problem. Skype does that sometimes. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't tell him. So she, oh, wow. yeah, so, so like he gotta fill it out by, by year. He gotta figure out that if he don't propose, she will break up with him. And this chick wasn't old. She was like maybe 28. And she was like, you know, I'm getting old. I just can't, you know, I need serious relationships. Pain. I need, mm. I don't have time to play no games. I was like, yeah, a year crazy. is not yeah. any game. Long enough to get to know somebody. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I was really young when I had these ideas. But, yeah. of course, I was super duper upfront. And, actually, when Chris and I started dating, I was going through a phase of being anti-marriage. I didn't want to get married at all. I was like, I'm going to just, you know. Be a spinster. I'm not worried because marriages don't last. That was my perspective. Mm, mm. Um, now, are, now, are your parents together? Like, what made you feel like marriages don't last? Fuck it. Like, I come from a family that has a lot of divorce. Okay, okay. Uh, and a lot of a lot of second marriages, a lot of step family, which is a beautiful thing, but it's definitely 
It's a challenge. It's not the easiest situation to happen. And now that I'm an adult, I recognize the, the biggest challenge is for the couple because mm -hmm. they're really trying to, you know, smooth things out and make it easy for all parties involved while maintaining their relationship. And it can have a really big strain on them more so than all of us little bratty children trying to figure out, you know, where we fit in. Yeah, um, it's, it's funny how much um, us as children, what we see really does sink in man like um i've always felt like because my parents were together and they and they struggled you know and they had their arguments and all this shit but they stayed together that definitely imprinted on my psyche as a kid to where i'm just like somehow it relationships are easy to me like to to maintain um because I always had to kind of be the mediator between them. My mom's extra emotional. My dad is extra logical. Yes. So, they like two ends of the spectrum. And <laughs> yeah, they will argue. And I can see things from both perspectives yes. because they stayed in a household where I got to be around them through everything, good and bad times. And, uh, yeah, it's funny how you were like, you know, at that point in your life, like, yeah, these marriages are, are for the birds, dog. People be getting right. divorced and shit. You know, you know, this happens. <laughs> right. so I was like, what's the point? You might as well just have fun with, you know, whomever you having fun with. And then when it fizzles, move on to the next person and have fun with them. Mm. Uh, but Chris's family is the exact opposite of mine in regard to marriage. Yeah, I have. If my both my parents, they married 35 years. They probably would hit 50 if my dad was still alive. Mm. I have both sets of grandparents. Both of them hit 50 plus years. Mm. And, you know, they have friends who were married. So for me, it was, I always knew that marriage could work. I always believed in black love. Right. Which seems to be almost non-existent now. If you listen to some people. <laughs> it's still out there. It's still out there. Right. But I was like, I always believed it could work. And I knew that, you know, that's what I wanted. You know, now, I did you be with a long term and, you know, we were together five years before I popped the question. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and so you made it three years past the limit. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, now Chris when she was saying this stuff right she's like I don't, I don't even know I don't even want to get married it's all not gonna work anyway just might as well have fun in your mind are you like nigga please you gonna we gonna get married and don't worry it'll work out and you know we, we we you know we we can believe in love once we put in the work for it or were you like eh, we don't get married whatever that's fine <laughs> now, I knew she had feelings like that because of her background, but she never was flat out like, I don't, I don't really want to get married at all. It was, mm. she yeah. never said that to me, but I knew that her belief in marriage wasn't that strong. Because what I want to say is this, I don't want people to think that I came from a crazy, fucked up, dysfunctional household. It wasn't like that at all. But my mom and my stepfather are best friends. They were high school sweethearts. They they broke up at some point, married other people, had children, divorced those people, and got back together. Mm. That situation will rarely happen for many people. And they really are best friends. They laugh together like crazy. And so I just... I didn't know how much I believed that that possibility would happen for me mm. based off of the relationships I had up to that point. But mind you, I'm talking crazy high school relationships. Chris and I got together when I was 20. Right, right. You know, so you, the stuff that happens when, when you're a kid, you, none of that will usually have too much of a basis on the relationship you find yourself in for the long term. Because everybody is immature and, and a kid at 16, 17, 18 trying to have a quote-unquote 
quote grown up relationship you don't even really know what that is now okay <laughs> I, I will ask this have you met people because i think it does like i see brothers now where they like fucking 35 like nigga i'm gonna be a player for life man first of all fuck bitches get money i'm like god damn nigga what happened to you who yeah. hurt you like what did your yeah. dad do like mm-hmm. what the fuck was going on in your house the like something hurt you a long ass time ago and you never make that shit off yeah like you like i know dudes that are, are legit like 33 years old that functionally and i mean functionally like they can coexist in the world they can have a job and all this shit hate women like they don't know they hate women but just talking to them enough i'm like nigga you hate women like i don't know what how that comes out of your mouth that way but like something i don't know uh, if shamala broke your heart and when you was 15 too (laughs) but uh you you, never got over that shit yeah you never let it go bro so i like i do think it, it, it can affect people like forever same thing um, with women too yeah yeah oh yeah women too i'm yeah i'm not being uh gender exclusive here i've seen just grown people where you just like yeah you you just got, got fucked issues. up somehow and you can't you can't move past it so yeah i think yeah. it's actually you know i know you probably are like i don't deserve no credit but i think you do deserve credit for you know uh you know having that evolution of opinion to where you know you kind of let um the experiences in your life uh, broaden your horizons a lot of yeah. people have the same experiences but then they just go nah fuck that i was right you know yeah, and and i guess everything's different because like for me and roger we've been together since we both were 16 and yeah um i was raised a single parent and so for me it really wasn't a male around me and so uh my perspective is very really different i'm not gonna say i was never i wasn't anti-marriage mm-hmm. um it was one of things where i felt like if it came it came if it didn't it didn't if that makes sense yeah that uh, makes sense. i never really went i but i, I was never one of the women who said i want to be a wife i want to be a mom i never went for that rah 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 i got to search and find a man and and all that stuff i, I had got to the point where things that happened in my life and sometimes you can't you get broken hard. i had got to the point where you can get so broken hearted that you begin to shut down and kind of yeah. back away and that's what i had begun to do i became had begun to just back away from from just people in general and say if you want me you're gonna want me for me not because you know my body's out there or right. whatever you're gonna want me for me <clears throat> so when roger met me i was baggy pants tennis shoes every day cap upside my head i didn't curl my hair i didn't comb my hair i didn't really give a shit <laughs> and so i was like if he could love me through this look 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 like this fool i am right now it must be something real and so for me it was like and i and i, and I guess i'm just speaking from my personal perspective one of the things where it was love, and then it turned into okay. This marriage thing can be real. That's yeah. not how it happened for me. I mean, I knew from the second she walked up on me at the basketball court, and I could hear <laughs> music playing, and, and she was like, "Would you like to go out to this to this play?" Uh, it was Barbershop Two, I believe, and uh, or Beauty Shop Two, one of those. And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I will go to this play, uh, even though I was about to score fifty on these niggas." And uh, <laughs> it was love ever since, man. So I was fine with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it works that way. I mean, I'm the same way. And I was like, I need, because I was quiet and shy and who I was, I was like, I need somebody who's going to love me for me. I ain't balling. I don't have the money out the ass. I'm not the best dance, all that. I was like, look, I can give you me. 
and I will love you for who you are. I know it's so. If you need more than that, or you want all this glam shit? One. Go find that dude. And that's what and that's what I needed. Like one, I realized I could learn a lot from Chris because we did come up differently, and I, I wanted that. I wanted somebody who would help me grow. And then two, I had dated people who were so similar in personality to me, and that never worked out. It just, you know, two talkative, opinionative, loud motherfuckers together can be irritating to everybody, even to each other. Um, And so I was like, you know, I should give this a try. He's completely different from anybody who I've ever dated. Um, And there's something about him. There's a lot about him that I don't know yet because Chris was not really talkative. So that added a layer of mystery Mm. to who he was. And so, yeah, we we had a lovely courtship. We had a beautiful, beautiful uh, dating experience, and, and we've had a good marriage, a wonderful marriage. Well, then me, me and you are light, honey, because Roger can talk, but I'm the talker. Like, I even <laughs> talked to Roger now, and we've been married forever, and he don't even want to hear. He'd be like, I ain't listening to you. I'm like, I don't give a damn. Just let me talk, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think words for women are like uh, semen for men. Like, they just need to get it out, and they don't really care. if It's, it's not always the most polite way but they just need to get it out their system and then they're back to normal and they're fine. And uh, I think maybe if women talk more during sex, it could solve everything because <laughs> we could just both be taking care of our needs and we won't have to worry about it. I, I'd rather have sex and then Karen be like, you know, did you uh, check the grocery list? Because I was checking and I'm like, okay, that's fine. This is not sexy, but we both getting our needs met. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I'm um, listening. I'm focused. Yeah, right. I'm over here. We're both over here cracking up because <laughs> Chris is on vacation this week, and I have a bad habit of falling asleep or like around nine o'clock. I'll just pass out on the couch and be tired, and I'll wake up or he'll wake me up around midnight, one o'clock. We'll go upstairs and get in the bed, and all of a sudden I'm full of energy. So now I want to talk. Right. And then be like. Seriously? Yeah, I, I have to send out. <laughs> I have to send Karen to bed earlier else that I haven't. Well it's like it's like nine and she's on the couch. I'm like, you know, you know you sleepy, just go to get in the bed. Cause cause when I go to bed, I'm ready to go to sleep within like ten minutes. Right. And Karen will be like, I'm up now, you know, what's up? Or Karen right. will even do stuff like get up. She'll be sleeping and I'll be like, All right, let me go to the store. Uh, should I tell Karen I'm going to the store? I'm like, hey, I'm about to go to the store. Hold on, I'm coming. I'm coming with you. I'm like, man, I would not do that. <laughs> if I was sleeping and you came in, like, I won't go to the store. I'm like, all right, good night. You know, but it's like, opportun- <laughs> opportunity to talk. Opportunity to talk. <laughs> yes, sir. Thought you do. Um, yeah. It, not but, that I don't talk to you 50 hours a week on the podcast and he talk to you more. Yeah. Uh, it's always funny too. It's always funny too. The waiters that think they're being cute whenever they see Karen and I out and, um, I bring like a book with me or something and I'll start reading my book and they're like, Oh, y'all reading y'all books? Y'all not talking? I want to be like, nigga, we talk at least nine hours a week. I guarantee you we talk more than whoever you're dating. I guarantee you. We talk and everybody gets to listen. Fuck you. Don't judge my relationship. I want to read my motherfucking book about basketball right now. Um, But one thing. Talking on the way up here. We going to be talking on the way back. (laughs) I got a moment. We enjoy it. Right. Like, I've been reading the same book for six months. Yes, we both have. Yeah, I've been reading the same book for six months because the talk, the talking breaks, the talking breaks take forever, man. Um, one thing Casey said, though, it made me think about, um, I know she was saying that, uh, Chris is just a, is a good guy. Like, and, uh, I know a lot of people, um, 
and a lot of dudes out there go i'm a good man why i don't have a woman number one most of the people that think they're good man you're not good man mm-hmm. let's like most people think they're good you're not really good <laughs> like you're as good as your options at the moment but you're not really, really good. good like you wouldn't turn down any pussy put it that way so that's not yeah. really a good man like yeah it's like none's being offered to me um and also a lot of dudes want the matchup with the chick that just completely is opposite of them so it's like i'm a good man why can't i get with the chick that's dating lebron james it's like well that's not really your speed no it's not sir if you're good you know mm-hmm. and she that little red corvette you that honda on the side of the road sir y'all not in the same <laughs> yeah and, I, and i'm not one of those people that try to convince women like you need a good man you need to settle because there's a lot of women out there that are kind of crazy yes, and if you ever had this sentence told to you fellas i know you know what i'm talking about you're boring yeah, crazy people like, find okay, well, go find you somebody fun find yeah. the simplest shit in life that will make a normal person happy they consider it boring if we well, not fussing you know what it is and this shit is boring crazy people what? find drama. right they like drama, drama and crazy people find stability boring yeah. And relationships need to be built on stability. All that hot and cold, up and down roller coaster shit, it's hard to build anything on that foundation. Ain't racing my yeah. heart and give me high blood pressure and cholesterol and all that <laughs> bullshit and having no having strokes and heart attacks. You Fuck that. that. Back and forth. There is no foundation. There's nothing solid. It's just a soap opera. And people want their lives, a lot of times, I think, y'all, people want their lives to look like television. Yes, true. Seattle. A relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow. The TV is like some real shit, and they want their life to be like. I. I it's so funny. I, I blame different different uh, pop cultural situations yeah. on a lot of what's wrong with society. So I blame Sex in the City for a lot of the relationship shit. I think people, a lot of it started there. People, <laughs> people who came up watching Sex in the City really think that Carrie Bradshaw, Mr. Big situation is real. If you chase yes. a motherfucker for eight years who you really, really like, <laughs> he's eventually gonna turn around one day and be like, "Damn, you're the one." And I'm like, "You can, you can be on that shit if you want to. Good luck. Let me know how that turns out for you." Carrie, yeah. Carrie was such a <laughs> jump off. <laughs> like, I, like that's the thing about uh, like uh, I watched uh, Sex in the City. And that was the thing I could never really root for, for Big, because it was like, she's such his jump off, man. Like, nice. like I might leave my wife for real this season in season eight. It's like, come Everybody's on, man. Like, Team Aiden and looking at her dumb ass like, really? You, you can't see that that's a good dude right there? Okay, I'm done. Right. Whatever happens to you now, you deserve. I was rooting, yeah, and, I was rooting against and her. And when you're talking about sex in city, Samantha is the one that made women think that walking around with your nipples all hard is the, is the shit. That's not the shit. <laughs> Cover them shits up. Right. Hoenn has never been in season. It will work to a certain extent, but it's not going to get you a husband. Samantha mm. is pretty much a transvestite, though. Like, she's <laughs> such a... And I don't mean that looks-wise. I yeah. just mean, like, the, the sexual innuendos and, like, it's... She was pretty much comedy for me. Like, I mm-hmm. I couldn't take her serious. And the episodes where they tried to make her serious, where they'd be like, she's alone, y'all. Isn't that sad? I'm like, no, Whoa. nigga. She yeah. likes to fuck, man. Let her be happy fucking these dudes and, and leave it at that. Let's, let's stop trying to turn everything into some, some drama for her. Like, her shit was, was uh, hilarious to me. Um, but, yeah, all this brings me to my favorite Lauryn Hill song, um, 
uh when it hurts so bad i don't know if you guys are familiar with the song very much mm-hmm. so but um i i felt that her most poignant lyrics ever were um the chorus when she says what you want might make you cry what you need might pass you by if you don't catch it and what you need ironically will turn out what you want it to be if you just let it and i've always felt that way about love and mm-hmm. about relationships so much like mm-hmm. a lot of times the shit that when you're, you're single or when you're looking or whatever the stuff even people that are married a lot of times the things that you think you want out of a relationship and out of another person you don't really want those things and the things that you know that you need you can't ignore those things because those are the foundation that's what really destroys you in the long run is ignoring the shit that you really need from another person you're you're really clear about a need versus a want a lot of people totally complicate the two and really think that their wants are actually needs and i'm like no you really should think about what those two words mean Mm mm-hmm and what really is important because ultimately we could all go through life dating new people every fucking week you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i'm just tired of this person i want to try somebody else i want to try somebody else ultimately at some point you you make a a a a decision this is the person who i'm gonna work through things with i'm not just gonna throw the towel in when things get hard i'm not just going to say you know what fuck it i'm bored i'm moving on to somebody else Mm -hmm. but you make a deliberate choice that this is who I'm going to work the situation out with. Otherwise, you have reason to go from person to person for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I like one of my things I used to do when I, it, like I said, I've always been relationship inclined. So that's just how I built. Um, I feel like that's how. Even if if I wasn't with Karen, I would still be like, I want to be in a relationship with somebody. That's just how I am. I'm built that way. I'm not really built for the single thing, right? Um, yeah. Built that way too. Yeah, uh-huh. I hate I hate the club. Like I hate loud music. Where <laughs> I can't because talking it like if I can get you one on one and talk to you, I feel like I'm good. But right. if I, but if I gotta be like, hey girl, what's you, what's your name? What's <laughs> what's your name? No chance. No chance at all. So um, I feel like uh that like the whole um thing about what you want and what you need. I feel like when people talk about relationships, it's always like they see the flowers and the candies on Valentine's Day. You right. see uh, birthday presents, Christmas. You see like uh, uh, $200 dates, holla at Twitter. You know, all this stuff like that where where it's like all these superficial things that on the surface are like, yeah, that's what I would want out of a relationship. Someone to buy me shit, take me places, treat me like a king, uh, suck my dick daily, you know, th- th- seven right. times a day. All this shit. <laughs> and then, but then it's like, the shit that you need, hey, I just need somebody that got this half of the rent. I, I need, need somebody that can need, cook and clean. Right. I need somebody that can take care of the kids. Right. I need somebody that wants to be home every night. Like mm-hmm. shit that, you know, might matter to you that right. you're not thinking about because you're looking at the shiny shit. Right. Yeah, that blinds a lot of people. You're like, I just want somebody when you come home from work and had a long day. Be like, how was your day? It, it was rough. All right, well, you home, so relax. Right. Yeah. You had a shitty day? Okay, well, guess what? I need you to do this. I got some ballistic complaints I need to drop on you right now. <laughs> right. Like, you know, everybody's list should be start with, I want a motherfucker that I don't get sick of. Ain't that that's, the truth? That's, like, people don't realize how hard a fucking bar that is. Because oh I feel like 99% of the people on this planet... If I was spent, I, there's not, 99% of the people on this planet, I couldn't spend 20 years with. 
No. You know, <laughs> and, and I, you know I got family members that's like up street and around the corner with me that I only see twice a year. Right. Cause them motherfuckers get on my nerves <laughs> and I don't like to go see them then cause I know it's gonna be some bullshit. Right? This like, you, like I just want the gift of coming home and never looking at this person like, don't you have somewhere to be or like something to do that don't involve coming home for like a couple months? Yeah, or, I don't like drama and trauma and all that. And, and, and I guess for me, and not to go off on a tangent, but I, I think for me we're way off on a tangent by now okay it's fine. My, <laughs> none of this like, is written down I, I love my family i love my family very very much but my family has taught me a lot about people and people personalities and i can pick up on a lot of characteristics that people have from just being around my mom and all that stuff and when i was a kid i had to deal with a lot of bullshit a whole lot of bullshit that i felt like i should have had to deal with now i'm grown and i feel like i shouldn't have to deal with any bullshit that i don't want to so i'm real quick to pull myself away I, like I go to a family function they get to talking crazy or they get to saying stuff I'm like alright I got to go they be like you going I'm like home they be like why you going home I be like I'm going home like cause I want to be able to come back next year and get along with you cause you don't say some bullshit and if I speak right now I'm like Casey if I speak right now we all gonna follow it up in here so let me go back home <laughs> so I can come back to the function next year cause you don't say something crazy to me well right. <laughs> and see I think too with relationships you guys people focus only on the the good times in relationships yeah. all they think about is the glitz and glamour part of it they don't think about the part of a relationship that's work how do you deal with your partner when they've lost their job how do you deal mm-hmm. with them that again as a parent or have death in the family how do you deal with them when they're sick you know they, they don't think about any of that stuff at all they just think about you know dating and all that stuff and you know what what happens when when money gets tight and bills are due what happens when you got a a, a child and you know everything that comes along with with parenthood and so when we talk to our friends we try to be very very real with them because a lot a lot of our, our well everybody seems to be doing pretty good now a lot of folks is partnering up but for a minute there we had a, a good amount of quote unquote independent single black men and women with this litany of desires and requirements in order to get into a relationship and we would look at all of them like we hit them all with the side eye like y'all are going to be single for a very long yeah. time yeah. yes and and and, and, and <laughs> nobody know first of all nobody really knows what they need a lot of times like you'll listen to people and it's like Here's the thing. None of this shit you just told me on this list matters. And that's the, like, it's like, I don't want to be condescending. You're my friend. I care about you. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but sucking your dick seven times a day, it sounds great right now. (laughs) Paying the rent every month on time sounds better. Yes. Not running up the credit card on a random Tuesday and just fucking up plans for vacation. Sounds it, it better. It sounds better to me. And like, that's the stability I need. Now, you, maybe you don't agree. And maybe your way will work, but yeah, I'm just be and, laughing. And I know for for me personally, like for me and Roger, we don't really get into like a lot of the gift giving and things yeah. like that. It's not so, our thing. It's, it's, not it's our just thing. not. And so a lot of times, being a woman and being married, people just have the expectations that most women love to be showered with gifts. And there's nothing wrong with gifts, and I do love when Roger give me things. Please don't get me get me wrong. But it's just one of them things where that day for some people just define it all. And I don't feel like that day. I I'd rather have it on a random Tuesday in the middle of October, you know, yeah. but that's just me. And right. so a lot of times when people, um, I, I can tell that my standards of what I consider 
uh, normal and other people are different because they be like well you didn't get anything for Christmas and I look at him I'm like my car's paid for I got right. gas in it <laughs> right. I got a roof over my head my husband come over home every night he don't beat me I'm happy like to me that's a that's a good Merry Christmas I can click the power on and Duke Power ain't turn my shit off that's a Merry Christmas to me <laughs> but see a lot of people don't think about those simple things everything else beyond that is extra in my heart you know because I think a lot of people look at the big shit but they don't realize some people can't even meet the small requirements you know like I want digital cable so you know what I don't go buy expensive shit because I like my DVR to be full of a bullshit that I want to watch, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, was, um, I, you, I think maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my experience. I don't trust men that do all that extra shit. It's a yeah. little suspect, the dude that does every single thing fabulously. Like, I had a friend who had a guy who she was dating and he proposed to her and he took her to the beach and had the words, will you marry me burned in the sand. Wow. And she was, her socks was blown off. Turn around, he was the biggest hoe in the world. He had right. women everywhere. And I'm like, you know, when a man is a little too fabulous in his presentation and, and, and give, give it on, he's had too much practice. It's a reason why yeah. he knows all this extra shit. I don't trust that. I prefer simplicity from a man. She didn't so know that I, he, she didn't know that he secretly was relighting that fire like several, <laughs> several yeah. times a week. So he is oh for another chick. <laughs> Yeah, he lead the beach like Horatio. Light it up for Tuesday, man. I'll be back at eight. <laughs> we'll be right back. Um, and 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 for me, I think that that that's what makes the the difference. I like I said, I'm really really simple. And for me, um, you know what makes me smile when Roger comes home and he brings a pack of peanut M and M's. That will make me squeal like he has some flowers. Why? Because that's my favorite candy. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like like for me, I'm like, oh God, yes, I'm gonna eat this whole thing. And no, you can't have none. Why? Because you bought this shit for me. Yeah, and I will say, I saw someone in the chat say um, a lot of women don't plan beyond the altar. Um, I will, I will tell y'all this, man, because uh, women kind of get bad on this shit, um, and I agree, a lot of women do. Uh, like they plan the mar- the wedding more than the marriage. Mm-hmm. A right. lot of dudes, and I'm not talking wedding day per specifically. Like, oh, I'm gonna have the best tuxedo, not that shit. <laughs> but I know a ton of dudes who are like planning for to get married, but not a, the marriage. Like, I'm not gonna like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck around on her until the day we put them rings on. It's like, dude. That's like trying to play in an NBA line, uh, game and you ain't ran a mile. Like right. you just, you just like, I ain't gonna practice my jumper, but when I get to the NBA, nigga, it's I'm on. I'm like, gonna be a pro. Right. And now, and there's a lot, like, it's an epidemic of dudes. Like being a guy and you get in the like circle of like people that, you know, you talk to your boys and shit like that. And I'm one of those people. I don't judge. I don't give advice unless you specifically ask, ask me. me. I don't have shit to say to you. Nope. Live your life how you live your life. Mm-hmm. Literally, if I see your ass at the mall with another chick, I won't say shit to you or her or your girl. I don't give a fuck. Like, it's just you are my friend and that's it. Like, we, we don't even got to get into that. I'm not judging you. Right. But. I'm also secretly judging you because I'm like, nigga, your your shit is fucked. Like, it's like, it's like, why did you even tie that knot and get in that legal a bonding arrangement, knowing that you can't keep your dick up? Story about a couple. They said they were at the wedding and the bride was crying her eyes out the whole time and not tears of joy. Oh no! Come to find out, the night before the wedding was the bachelor party, bachelorette party, which. Rule of thumb to anybody out there getting married. Do not 
fucking have your bachelor bachelorette party the night before your wedding. What are you taking to do? You just up and listen to week window. That's just stupid. Yeah, that's like asking for it. We didn't have a wedding. We didn't have bachelorette. Well, I'm just saying that is literally like asking for it. That's stupid. Right. So the bachelor party's happening. The girl, they all are having like I guess the bridal, the wedding shower beforehand, and then everybody goes their separate ways. Everybody think their life is gonna be like the best man. So <laughs> instead of her going to her party, she decides she follows him. Oh. Well, he doesn't go to his party either. He goes around the corner from where they live into a house. Doesn't come out until the next morning. Oh. She confronts him. No, she stays in the car. Early. Oh, yeah. She stays, she stays in the car and waits for him to come back out. So she's there the whole night. The whole night. He doesn't come out until the next morning. When he comes out, she confronts him and they have it out. Come to find out he's been having a relationship just around the corner for years with this other woman. And so that's, his, you know, his last hurrah. And she still goes up that aisle and says, oh. I do. Damn. Damn. Folk don't be understanding the work. I don't I'm always surprised with people. I'm like, when have you ever done anything in your life that was very meaningful that meant a lot to you where you didn't have to put any work into it? Right. Right. I was like, that's how a relationship in the marriage is gonna be. If you think it's gonna be easy, I'm like when when is it? Like when and, you want to graduate from high school or college. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, like with actually doing well, not just barely passing. You know, you had to put in some work. It's yeah, and, and men. I'm, I'm shocked a lot of that stuff. And me and Roger have talked about this before. A lot of people are in love with being in love. That you or, right. or, or they want to get married with the idea of getting married, even if they right. already know that is they're probably gonna get divorced. They're not made for each other. People have told them yeah. they don't care. At least I was a wife, but you right. know I was a wife, and that's one of the things where divorce. And I don't have anything against divorce, but everybody don't need to be married, and that's something oh. that a lot of people aren't willing to accept. And embrace especially in the black community everybody is not meant to be married sometimes it's better to be a baby mama a baby daddy pay that child support and keep your ass to pushing you know what it reminds me of it it reminds me of uh people that lose weight for their wedding uh-huh. And, and this is everybody. Everybody does it. It's like, I'm going to have a wedding. It's going to be photos. It's going to be the one time that, you know, everybody's going to be all eyes on me. I got to fit into this dress. I got to get in this tux. I got to be looking good. And you get your shit together in your diet for the wedding. But it's like the difference between that and the difference between, like, I'm going to make a lifestyle change. And I'm not eating carbs anymore. And I'm going to eat fucking vegetables. And I'm done eating pork, like, forever. Not for today or whatever. Like, it's a big difference between like the mentalities because I feel like everybody has the I'm going to diet for my wedding mentality with their love life where it's like I'm going to cut these bitches off of my phone except for this one and that one and I'm going to leave the Facebook page open because you know you don't want to delete your MySpace you never know like that like I feel I feel like everybody kind of does that thing where it's like I'm ready on wedding day Day after the wedding, nigga, we binging. We back to, we back to, I'm going to eat good. I'm going to, you know, I've been saving this cake, you know, like that. That's how I kind of feels with people, man. But um, yeah. I think you guys. Oh, all the time. Yeah, I'm with the fact that once, and I had token that once I put the ring on your finger, that's it. It's not like, well, mm-hmm. now I gave you this ring. Now I got a two year delay 
to maybe figure out if I really want to go through it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a stalling tactic and shit. Like, all right, this about me two years. Like, you on lease, girl. You on, you on lease. I got, I got 20, I got 24 months. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put a little money down on you. Four years. Too much, you be paid off. I don't want to know. I don't want to know because clearly something. I know a lot of dudes like that man it's like I said dudes always get a pass cause it's like you know the way we're raised man like the toys that we get dudes get G.I. Joe's you know I was watching a commercial the other day and it was a toy for a girl's toy and it was like look it's Sally P's a lot or some shit uh, she she <laughs> throws oh, up make me so, so like from, from, from like birth we're all trained to be like look dudes we hardcore killing machines look girls have a have a baby yeah. I, mean, you, I mean that's what you kind of ingrained like, in, in, right. in, into, here's into something, the girls here's something to take care of woman and, yeah, you and, know and, like and, so. and, and you know it's something it's something cynical in me i want to smack that out hey go bitch go get a go get a chemistry set or something <laughs> playing no damn doll social conditioning also affects the way the different sexes date right. and i True. think this is the reason why a lot of women find themselves frustrated men are smart and this this was a hard point for me to understand when chris and i were dating but i i get it now a man is a single man until he has declared that you are the one for him and he's actually acting that way himself. He's committed himself to you. He's not seeing other people. Up until that point, if you're dating, chances are that man is dating other people too. Mm-hmm. Women have a, a, a tendency to get into a situation where we like somebody so much that we cut everybody else off. To make ourselves available for that person. So we're there for them at their convenience versus dating and seeing what else is out there. And then when we find out that the man who we really, really like was dating one or two other people, we're pissed and we want to call him a cheater. He's not a cheater if he hasn't made you his one. Yeah. You know, and and to me, it would be I think men and women would get along a lot better if we didn't subscribe to those roles so much i mean some some men are out of pocket with it you know what i'm saying yeah. they they they're not committed yeah, they, to anybody yeah, they just themselves. Hold. They just hold. yeah some dudes just don't give a yeah, fuck yeah and, and also to tack on to what you're saying a lot of that has to do with how women and men are raised completely differently why because women are raised that you need to be available to your man like it's almost embedded in you and if you are out cheating on him because we have double standards when it comes to women you're a yes. hoe you're a slut you automatically look down upon you automatically sit it loose you automatically sit it no good nobody would want you and for a lot of people they hear this in their household as children especially women when they become sexually active so right. it's one of them things well women are already have hang-ups from the beginning about their bodies and then especially if you're black about your skin tone or your color of skin or your hair whatever it may be a lot of these are other factors that play into the role of why a lot of women do these things i'm like you i understand it is not healthy to be like that when you're dating but at the same time people need to understand if, if if we're dating it needs to be mutual i'm not dating nobody else and you're not dating nobody else we need to talk about this well yeah you got to talk about it yeah, it, might, but, it might be mutual it might not but like all the dudes I know that were the best quote unquote players got the most chicks always told the truth. Like I didn't True. know like the dudes that I was you know, I was roommates with dudes that got women and everybody and knew they them. weren't sitting around like 
yeah girl you the only they was mm-hmm. wouldn't they need to lie to you they could literally be like yeah i'm gonna be going on this other date probably thursday and, and, be like, and, okay. and a lot of chicks i would watch chicks shut themselves down like okay well i'm gonna be ready when you're come around and you'll figure out that i'm the one and then but, but until t- then i'm gonna be over here talking to somebody yeah else. you know how many times i picked up the fucking phone when this nigga was out like he ain't here like, come on, man. This was 10 minutes ago. He wasn't here. He's, he, he's, he's not still here. here now. Like, you knew he was going out with somebody else tonight. Can you please? I, I heard what he told you this. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to sleep. I don't have nothing to do with y'all situation. One chick came by the room when John wasn't there one time. Took me grocery shopping for John. <laughs> like, filled up our fridge. With, man. She filled up our fridge with shit, and this nigga was not home the entire night. It was just like, well, look, tell him that I bought y'all these groceries, and, you know, if you want anything, pick yourself something. Out. I was like, so wait a minute. Are y'all, like, are you his girlfriend? No, 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 no. no. It's mm-hmm. not like that. I just want to do something nice. I was mm-hmm. like, see, this got to stop. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you, <laughs> but you need to stop this shit because he ain't thinking about your ass right now, and this is kind of ridiculous because you know he ain't thinking about your ass. So it's really no point, man. Um. Look, this is this has been it just got to be the longest intro to the show ever. But this is the Blackout Tips, <laughs> and um, it's a comedy podcast. We keep dude. breaking this record. I don't know why. It, it, yeah, I think this might be it, dog. That shit was like an hour and a half. Um, this is a I comedy. Just love talking to y'all. It's a comedy podcast that we do three times a week. We being me and my lovely wife Karen, and uh, the motto of the show is nothing's wrong if it's funny. You can find the show a bunch of ways, the easiest of which being go to the blackouttips.com. Thank God we're not sponsored today, so they don't have to feel like they got ripped off. But uh, you, can go to, <laughs> you can go to iTunes and iTunes, Podomatic, and Stitcher Radio to listen to us, uh, you know, through, through your phone or your, yeah. or your, your, your car radio. Yeah, we, some yeah we know some of y'all listening to us off of stolen devices because we had an email on it. So, hey. Yeah, check out our Facebook page. I think we're over 3,200 likes. So, yes, like sir. us. Uh, we also like other pages so if you go to our facebook page you can look at other like pages that we like, like and they're friends of the show so yes, like them are. too man like spread some of this love mm-hmm. uh you know your favorite podcast probably have a page already and y'all yes, just don't know. know it yeah so get out there and uh you know like them too man it's only one click um when you're at the blackouttist.com you can leave comments on the show you can vote in the polls you can leave uh comments on your votes in the poll which a lot of people like to do um you can also donate to the show you can subscribe where you get an email every time we update something uh you can check out our store and our tumblr uh we've already done two guest appearances for this week so uh people that are fans of spoiled movie reviews we did a spoil review of django uh, on christmas day yeah on christmas day of django unchained and we also did um i was on um bomani jones's uh the evening jones mm-hmm. And uh, you can check that out in podcast form or on Spreecast. You can see the replay. But uh, we also talked about Django, uh, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, sometimes I forget that Bo is famous and I just call him like I would call like my brother or something. And I, you know, we're sitting there on the, on the computer talking. It's like 300 people listening on Spreecast. I don't know how many people listen on iTunes, but, uh, it went from sports to, Hey, you're going to see the killer slave movie. The, (laughs) 
for like 20 minutes of us talking about white people and killer slave movies and which audience would be better to watch it with black people or white people and all this mm. stuff so uh yeah and he'll probably be on uh, around the horn next week oh yeah <laughs> so I, I always find that crazy i'm like that's right bo is famous um <laughs> you can check out the voicemail um line by calling 704-557-0186 leave us a voicemail throughout the week talk to us live saturday mornings when we have time email the show the black guy tips at gmail.com the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme yes sir all right man um so speaking of django untamed uh unchained by the way not tame by the way so many people right it was off the chat so many people have tanked that name this yeah. like in the last couple of weeks, uh, I heard somebody call it Django Unleashed today. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's like Unleashed. Like, okay. Um, when we first heard about it, we were talking about it on when the movie was first introduced into like Hollywood, and there started to be buzz about the beginning of this year. I remember we were, we had a podcast, and we were like, we don't want to see this movie. Tarantino is crazy. He always pushes the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, and Glorious Bastards was brilliant, but I'm afraid of what he'll do when he has slavery to play with. Mm-hmm. The more, and then I had a friend, uh, well, all of us out here, everybody knows somebody in L.A. If you if you live in L.A., you know somebody that works in, in the industry in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So we got the script early, and we read the script. I read the script. Mm-hmm. After I read the script, I was like, this is on some bullshit. Like, cause there, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I really am not feeling it now. Um, because there were parts of the script that were a lot more, they just, it, 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 it was a, first of all, it was extra gratuitous use of the N word, mm-hmm. but there were, there were parts of it that just cheapened the entire story. Now, mm-hmm. when we saw it yesterday, I realized those parts of the script had actually been left out. Thank yeah. goodness somebody yeah. had the wherewithal to say, you know what, we should not have this really tedious, cheesy moment um, in the movie. But I was pleasantly surprised that one, the theater, f- 15 minutes before showtime, it was packed. Yes, us too. Packed. We saw it with black people. We saw it with black people. We did too. I suggest for everybody, for everybody, yeah. if you're going to see it, First viewing, see it with black, black people. people. And we're going to go yeah. see it again with white people. Yeah, folks. second viewing, you can go to the white, white folks, folks part of town. But first viewing, see it with black people. The shit is like going to a home game, rooting for the home team, dog. Yes. Yes. Like, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was actually quieter than I expected. We went to another black film that was real. People were talking all through, but this was people were really intently listening. Yeah. And you had a few more for people would say something when we was talking. Yeah, because I saw a flight with all black people, and you talk about feeling like you at a home game. I was like, damn, Negroes? <laughs> yeah. That, see, see, that's the thing. Like, this movie was entertaining enough that it didn't need to have comedy really added to it from the audience. Because black, mm-hmm. black people can sense a void. Now, look, yeah. I normally don't truck for these stereotypes, but this shit true. I don't give a fuck. If you want to see a bad movie, you need to see that shit with black people. If you pay, yes. you paying the theater prices, 
go see that shit with black people because they will add the comedy that the movie don't have yes they will like they're like this bitch gonna get shot you like mm-hmm, she is you better better watch out then you see him back and you know and me and roger even go to the white theater and i sometimes mess around and forget where we at and i'll be looking at roger we went to go see what was that that terrible um 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 movie and uh she was like driving her car and i was like why don't you drive why are you standing there looking at your dad roger looked at me like Shh, karen yeah in front of all the white folks but <laughs> it was uh but but yeah this movie man seeing it it's like when people did say something funny in the audience it really actually it felt like it was the movie was made for them to say it like yes. it'll, it'll be a good pause and the tension will be all like uh there's a scene um where uh this dude touches uh Django's private parts for the kids yeah. listening yeah. and it gets really fucking intense really yes, quick does. because uh you know it's about to be on and you're like oh god no please don't and then it, it's quiet and you know it's a reprieve and all this stuff so there's a tense moment where the audience is all soaking this in like okay it looks like he didn't get that done to him when that was gonna happen and as the dude's walking away holding his knife this girl in the audience goes you gay <laughs> yes out the blue <laughs> everybody cracked the fuck up man she and she said it loud and ignorant as shit oh actually it was he gay he gay yeah, that's what she said it was he gay <laughs> he gay i was like man that's hilarious but um please talk about samuel jackson's performance oh like please from his moment he got on screen like the words was like oh here we go. Like the issue that with this movie that I have is that it can't win an Oscar because it's like people not ready for it, I think. And they're not going to know how to take it. Mm-hmm. But there was some Oscar winning performances in it this was. shit. It was. Like, man, if, if Samuel Jackson did not bring the Boondocks uncle Ruckus to, to life, yes. made him a real person, didn't he? Yes. yes. Like, I yes. felt like Ruck, I was watching Uncle Ruckus literally on the screen. Yeah. 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 He was the most irritating character. He was, he was the villain to mm-hmm. me in this story. Yeah. The most evil character in in the film because of his own self-loathing and willingness to oppress his own people he's he was the worst yeah i you know what i'm (laughs) we're just gonna i'm uh, i'm sorry if you haven't seen the people listening uh, we're gonna have spoilers so if you want to dip out i understand for you yep people that uh we're gonna do it two on ours yeah Yeah. people that's listening we just um, gotta we gotta have some spoilers yeah Um, although i I do feel like this is a movie you can't spoil but Mm -hmm. let's let's just say is we're gonna have some um so the reason we're on this topic man i listen to a podcast it's called the slash film cast right and i'm listening to this show for like i don't know years maybe four or five years now and uh I, i unsubscribed today like I was, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm cold turkey. I'm done. I don't need to hear this shit anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I've listened to these dudes, um, talk about all sorts of movies and stuff. But, um, today they were talking about Django un- uh, un- Unchained and they both all kind of, except one of them really enjoyed the movie on some level. And then the other two kind of were wishy washy on it. Like, and none of them really felt like the movie was great to them. Right. And it's an Indian guy, an Asian dude, and a white dude. So don't, you know, it's not a necessarily a white thing. I want people to understand. Is this the one that. I heard you listen to well, the other I day? Me too. What's the makeup, but okay. 
yeah but it's a slash film cast um yeah karen i was listening to it the other day in the car um and um they i just listened to them review jack reacher which they all love by the way uh which i love too but i also know is a terrible movie Movie. terrible it's an impossible (laughs) white man movie yes thanks for letting me know yeah it's just it's one of those movies i I have a penchant for any movie where a white man can just handle anything Mm -hmm. because he white Mm -hmm. like i love those movies those are my favorite movies yeah we hollywood does that hard that's that's on the list yeah yeah anytime that it's just like don't worry i got this on white it's like good okay good <laughs> i can watch this so um and, and and you don't have to be white to star in these movies like to, to a certain extent um you know will smith starred in a lot of impossible white man movies yes, it's not just it's not just definitely based on your race but Mm-mm. um so they were praising that movie which is functionally terrible this uh, i hate that movie like as far as critical acclaim I, I have nothing for you like it's, it might be a three out of ten yeah but as far as white men entertainment yeah it's a ten, ten out of ten yeah get ten abraham lincoln's <laughs> yeah ten abraham lincoln's um <laughs> so so um i'm watching django and i go i go listen to this review and the, and the you know they're kind of being wishy-washy and they're saying like you know tarantino uh um he didn't really do some of the things that he did in inglorious bastards you know uh, some of the side stories and all this stuff and this the 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 talking dialogue scenes went on too long and i'm like really because that's kind of what tarantino does it is he definitely did it in glorious bastard there's an entire fucking section about king kong has shit to do with shit in in glorious bastard it's just 10 minutes of them just talking thoughts on king kong and 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 black people in america right so um i'm listening to it and i realized like when they get to the end they're like well after christoph waltz dies and dicaprio dies you know the movie really um has there's nothing the movie just gets crazy and there's really nothing to the movie after that it's really like anticlimactic and i didn't like that part wow and i was thinking like i I, that's the entire crux of the movie is there's no white savior there's no you know it's it's just a nigga getting his fucking revenge and against all odds and taking it on himself you know uh if you watched inglorious bastards we all know hitler didn't die in a fucking uh movie fire nope so it's not about historical accuracy anything like that it's just a good black revenge moment that everyone at that point in the theater i wouldn't even call this a post-racial movie because white black indifferent at that point in the movie you would change if your ass ain't rooting for django then you in the clan like so much shit has happened to this dude at that point we're all like Yes, go back and kill those motherfuckers. And with, uh, and, and, and for those who, you know, understand the movie, Samuel Jackson is the real villain. So that's who the real, like, showdown should be with. That's who really should reap the comeuppance, uh, of all of his dastardly deeds. That's who really fucked up the entire plot. Yes, he did. That, to me, those moments are what define the film. And especially my favorite moment, um, Miss Laura getting shot. Oh, yeah. that was the best part of the movie. Can I tell you, I'm going to say this on ours, and I, I think it was purposeful. Right at that moment, that say goodbye to Miss Laura, mm-hmm. the lights went on. Yes. Yes. That, and then as soon as she got hit, it went off. And my I, I tried not to say something, and I was like, Oh, y'all didn't want to see the white lady getting shot? 
I started dying laughing because the shit was funny. Yeah, Chris actually yelled that out. Like, what's wrong with a white woman getting shot? <laughs> I lost my shit yes, in the theater. I laughing. couldn't believe they went there and was so happy they did because, yeah. you know, it's about the institution and not just, and the beneficiaries of it and revenge and anger. Mm-hmm. It's not just, a, it's kind of like in Kill Bill when, um, when, uh, Beatrice, uh, is that, that's, uh, Beatrix is her, her real name, Beatrix Keto. Right. But when she, kills it like she didn't kill her but she like cuts up the interpreter like cuts her arm off and Mm -hmm. shit it's that type of vengeance that i want it's like yeah fuck her up too she was there she was on the phone fuck her and 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 me and roger everybody yes (laughs) and me and roger talked about this we talked about the music the music wait hold on we're not reviewing the movie hold on one second my my bad this is i want to make a specific point if you want to talk about the movie we can but um so they're they basically to me, and then they say Jamie Foxx was so good in this. They didn't name one thing Jamie Foxx was good at in this movie. Wow. They just said, they just said it. They just was like, oh, he was really good. So I'm like, so if the end of the movie, where we've watched his development, we've watched him become what he is and take this power for himself, you didn't get anything from the fact that he tricked those slave dudes and went back and killed this person. You didn't get anything from the fact that he reaped this vengeance uh, and got his woman that did nothing for you that's not that's for them that's not realistic and Mm -hmm. i'm like that's that's because for some people and y'all know my ass is is militant Mm -hmm. for the most part (laughs) for some people it's not comfortable to see black people in that limelight It's, it's it's not comfortable to see us in positions of power even though a lot of people are fearful of us for that particular reason to actually see it played out is a place of discomfort for a lot of people. Yeah. They want us to be the, that whole speech that Leonardo gives about phrenology. A lot of people are comfortable still to this day with that mindset. I mean, this, I could take this conversation we have right now and spin it in so many different ways. Yeah. Look at it politics and everything else but i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna stay on the film but (laughs) people people are just not always comfortable with the idea of black people yielding that kind of power even if it is to the greater good yeah i think he couldn't they couldn't disassociate themselves from the white people in the movie good or bad and that hurt their perception of the film and this is a podcast that will normally outsource for uh opinion so like when they when they uh reviewed the james bond movie skyfall they went and got one of the people who's like a huge james bond fan and has like his own podcast and stuff and they're like hey let you know you're familiar with this subject matter let's talk about how you feel about this movie they never do this for black films a lot of times they don't even review black films wow you know um and this is not even because some i was like uh you know i don't even like tyler perry they don't review tyler perry films and tyler perry films actually do when the box office weeks and they still don't do that and they don't even record them in post like okay well what have you been watching on dvd which they have this segment they never go oh i was watching pariah or i was watching it's always just like uh some white shit right so um i don't know if i was in my amber p mode or what but i was just got fucking infuriated because i was like you know i was figuring it out as i was listening like why am i getting so mad i'm just like wait a minute i don't think they've ever reviewed a black film i don't i know they haven't had black guests since like the in like maybe the first year the show was out they used to have like one black dude that would come through but you know it was very like like, um, 
it's so whitewashed their entire opinion and it made me remember the the one review that really pissed me off and actually got me to start our own movie podcast the spoiled movie review uh, when they reviewed uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, yeah, and they didn't like the movie because they identified with the humans. And the movie is about the fucking apes. Like, the yes, apes are the protagonists. If you don't understand that, then you didn't, you completely could you not disassociate yourself from your own privilege to view through another person's eyes how someone might see you as an oppressor and be able to say you're wrong and I want to take my freedom or whatever. They could not even fucking see it. So I got... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to say part of their issue, too, here, Rod, is that we we will consider Django Unchained a black film because the cast is dominated by a black presence. But Mm -hmm. having Tarantino at the helm automatically makes it a white film. Right. And that's or at least acceptable film for them as 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 the white milieu is concerned. So that would be a reason probably why they reviewed it this is not on their purview except for quentin tarantino of course and that and that's a a lot of people that went to see this is not in there they don't give a fuck about any of the issues raised in this film any of that other than i love tarantino and i have to see a tarantino movie and i'm gonna i'm gonna give him some props because tarantino i feel like he did a really good job of course this is not historically accurate right and people want to compare it so often to lincoln because from the reviews i've seen yeah i've seen that movies are set you know around the same time period about five or six years apart the the thing is though i feel like he gave a very balanced perspective he showcased the brutality truly because to me the most the most troubling scene to watch mm-hmm. was the mandingo fight that was yeah. the, that was for me that was a hard scene to watch because what happened for me is mentally i went to the place where what if these two men were brothers right yeah. they were friends before this you know and thinking back it you know historically when these fights were happening how often did they pit brother against brother right. or friend against friend to, to fight each other to the death you know so that's that's why that's and the the thing. flippancy which was with that they were with regarded with like right. in that it's, scene it was just like having the tv on you know yeah, yeah. It, was, it was nothing and i the caprio he 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 acted his ass off yes right. he did yep. honey yep. watch him get nominated for that academy award on this one yeah yeah but, um, I, you know what i will be I will be. I won't. I will be surprised if he got nominated. Just but even though I think this is his best, like one of his best performances, if not mm-hmm. his best, mm-hmm. I will be. I feel like people are so scared. They're scared of this movie of the huh? topic. They, yeah, they he did him. I think I can understand seeing him being nominated. I know he's nominated for a Golden Globe for it. Yeah, but I like he's done a lot of good work, and mm-hmm. I for him would feel somewhat. I would be a little shocked, and I know black people's response would be like, "So you gave him." The Oscar, right? The same thing a hundred times. Yeah, nobody's ready. Like I don't think on yeah. both sides, people aren't like white people ain't ready to talk about that shit and tell him like because it's like okay, why did he get nominated? Ooh, uh, see. But see, that's the thing about <laughs> the Academy though, because see, they'll they they like to fuck they'll with us. I personally think. Mm. Yeah, like, I, I expect Sam Jackson to get a nomination for his role in mm-hmm. the same way Octavia Butler was nominated for her, her role last year mm-hmm. with the help. Like they, they like to play with that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I'm curious to see when the nominations drop, look, when the, when the nominations drop, please have us back on so we can talk. Right. About it. <laughs> yeah. I hope, Hey, honestly, I hope y'all are right. I don't want to be right. 
I hope y'all are right. I just, I'm so pessimistic about Hollywood opinion. And like I said, maybe it's because of the, sh- the podcast I was listening to, but like, and then also these dudes are so disassociated from black culture, man. Like mm-hmm. one of them was like, you could tell he had written this in a note or read this somewhere, but he goes, well, Samuel Jackson's character really reminded me of Boondock Saints, Uncle Ruckus. I was like, see, Boondock Saints. like there's yeah. such a, I've seen Boondock Saints. <laughs> and I've watched the boondocks. There is such a difference. And nobody corrected them. There's three people talking. That could not happen on any podcast with black people involved. Period. Like, yeah. like somebody was like. Who, who do movies. It's like um, he wasn't in boondocks. Right. It's like, come I on, dog. I remember a black person in boondocks. Right. 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 Though, but I don't remember no black people. Right. Somebody would have been like, oh, you mean boondocks. Even if it's not a thing, they would have just been like, you mean boondocks. Okay. Which the you other, don't watch. Which probably. means which means the other two dudes had no fun fucking idea what he's talking about Mm-mm. so so i just i got so pissed man like i like i'm done i'm out i'm never coming back uh i and, and like i said i knew something i they hit me with a clue when i that rise for the planet of apes i was like well, y'all niggas really didn't get that but uh okay and then they did like a little like re like a re-review of it where they like talked about the reaction to their review even in that they don't really get that it's not about fucking um uh oh, i forget the dude um who who played uh the the, the main white dude in there but it's not about him James yeah franco it's not about franco and it's not about uh third rock from the sun it's not about him either it's about that fucking ape dog and his and his journey to become more than just a subservient beast right. and they completely fucking missed it man so like i you know i've been seeing people's reactions to this shit and like i haven't gotten mad about anything anybody said even the people that are like i ain't gonna see it because it got the n-word in it i don't even get mad at them i understand brothers some people take it more serious than i do but right that shit made me mad dog like (laughs) and (laughs) and 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 it was funny though because and and roger had to calm me down because that's why i asked with the same podcast Dude, and I know they're not niggas, but them niggas was talking about The Walking Dead, and I got pissed. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Did they watch what I watched? I started, like, literally yelling at them. I was like, I don't, I don't want to listen. <laughs> I like, turn that off. Yeah, man. And I, and I feel like I wouldn't be so mad if they didn't reach out for, like, when they do a review of, like, a newsroom, they go and get a girl who's, like, an Aaron Sorkin fan. And then they actually bring up issues around, because it's not just a podcast about reviewing it, but then they bring up all these issues surrounding whatever they're reviewing. So it's like, okay, um, you know, what about the people saying that he wrote these roles really badly for the women on the show? And then she had an opinion on that. I'm like, so y'all not even going to discuss spike lee's take on this movie like that's so glaring about like i don't know anyone who's talked about this movie and not brought up the fact that spike lee is like this is embarrassment to my uh, to our history like ancestors even though he has not seen it and will not see it right but you have to at least bring up that he said it. they were like okay well we'll see you next week i was like man see these motherfuckers do not deserve me as a fan so yeah fuck them and i'm out and uh everybody go see everybody (laughs) go see Django. I feel you, because really, 
Tarantino. Uh, he, it's he, a Tarantino film. It is a Tarantino film, and he does poke light at the mindset of those people who believed in that level of racism. Like, oh, that scene was awful. That scene with, where they try to raid and have the fucked up mask. Yes, brilliant. Yes, someone, someone said that was brilliant on the show. That this guy goes, that scene just dragged on. It's basically the same joke. I was like, see, man, I don't know who you saw this with, <laughs> but in my my theater, that shit might as well have been Def Comedy Jam. Because we su- was cracking up. I was surprised a nigga didn't jump up and explode in the back from laughing. Because <laughs> we were dying at that scene, man. Like that, and it, and it was, and it felt good too because it was a tense scene. Yes. And it yeah. was one of those Tarantino like, I'm about to show y'all some intense shit, but first, Let's take a detour and have a little laugh. And right. I, I like that about Tarantino's movies. But, I, you know, I'm realizing now that some people can't black and white. You know, in this case, I'm talking about, you know, an Anglo-centric podcast review. But, you know, I, there's people that just can't divorce themselves from the topic. When we were doing our sport movie review, uh, someone came in our chat room and was like, I can't watch this type of violence. Right. And I'm like, well, it's a Tarantino film. Hello. So it's going to be uh, over overly violent, I think. Right. And then some of the stuff, if you really think about it, it's not as violent as it. Like, he didn't show you the gore. Mm-mm. He put the idea in your head. Like, yes. they cut away from him supposedly putting a hammer in a dude. Right. They, they, yeah. they don't, they show the eye gouging thing off screen. Even right. the scene with the dogs, they show the dogs ripping a shirt and then they show a dude rolling around in what looks like blood, but he's, he's not actually like, they don't show like his skin hanging off of him or a dog no, literally no. biting flesh. So it, but it's the idea that is heinous, and motherfucker, that was slavery. Yes, and this is the thing: people are stupid. People act like slavery was roses. Masters were giving folks candy and saying, "Go out there and be a good slave for me." Master gonna take care of you. People got beat. People yeah. got whooped. People got killed. What like, did that? What else? Didn't he say something like, "Well, he could have done it in a more artistic way." It's like, yes. But why would you want to artistically depict something that you're trying to tell someone is heinous? Like, yes. Why would, I would you do love that? Love to hear these guys' review of Schindler's List. I mean, really, how 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 fancy can you get when we're talking about violence and straight up murder? Yeah, even you know better. It, it it is what it is, and to me, he did it as tastefully as he possibly could. Yep. You know I'll, I mean? I'll, I'll do you in the sense that we didn't see it like straight up. You know, he did do all the the the. The usual, usual, you know, blood and gore, but right. You know, even with the white lady getting shot, you just see her fly yeah. back. You right. Know, like, I'll do you. I'll do you one better and say, uh, these dudes love Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, and that's really the thing that's been pissing me off is the people oh, who are like, yeah, and hey, yeah. somebody else, somebody in the in the chat room just just said what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. There was no rape scene at all that that actually brought that up on a review it was, was implied, but yeah was like the thing that really um stuck out to me because you know it was unflinching with some of its depictions of slavery was the fact that there was no rape in it, it was only implied or talked about Right. Um, and I heard that it was in the script and someone told me it was taken out, um, because, and, and I don't know how her feelings on it, but she was like, oh, it was, it would it was too messed up of a scene. It was, uh, it was made it too trivial or something like that. But, um, the point being, 
even now in 2012 we're not ready to see that we're not because you know why history is never what was who was it who quote it was william faulkner i know i'm getting all crazy but he's he has a quote that says the past is never the past the past is never dead it's not even past Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that is the fact that all that history stays with all of us every day. It hasn't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people's feelings about it have not changed. Even though we're in 2012 going into 2013, people still like like those like those black folks that don't want to see this movie at all because they feel like it's a white man doing a, a white yeah. right. And and those were the same people who didn't want to see the help because they didn't want to see black folks working. Yeah. Like people are still hypersensitive to this issue. White people don't want to see it because they don't want to see themselves reflected on that screen. They like to say, that shit has nothing to do with me. That was my ancestors not acknowledging the sort of privilege that they experienced because of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so that, that issue is just, it's, it's tender for everybody. And I I want, and the thing is, I'm surprised that I put it this way. Everybody that was white in the theater with us, loved it and the the thing is it's when i say post-racial i don't believe in a post-racial america nope but i believe this film is post-racial because it sets up these people so heinously that if you should root for them to die everyone in the film should all be on the same page by the time you get to the last action scene like you should be like good kill them all yes this and it like this is truly the if you're white these motherfuckers ain't got shit to do with me this is the moment like this is the one time you could be like these motherfuckers are ruthless i could never do this good let's cheer together as this negro puts bullets in everybody yes and and something i want to talk about and no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rate the movie but i wanted to talk about the music because Mm -hmm. at the end where they had the big shootout when he was when he played that tupac song Mm -hmm. yeah it it, it almost fit the moment it was silent and then it was like poof 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 and then you just heard the music and it was one of the moments where i was like yes it's about to be on and the guys that reviewed it they don't have a cultural connection to hip-hop like that so you could just tell they were like oh you know this soundtrack didn't really do it i'm like because you don't understand the sheer like uh shock that comes in your soul when you hear rick ross's voice come on on the Django theme yes like like it yeah right like there should be something in you that goes oh shit they put yeah. Rick Ross in a fucking Tarantino movie about right. a killer slave. Yes, yeah. he was like, is it wrong if it wanted background, Tarantino got himself a pretty solid soundtrack. He was soundtrack. like, oh, shit, he playing some pot. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's so good. Don't treat, don't cheat yourself. And then also, you know, to cover both sides, I did see some black people on Twitter talking about, um, you know, it was so condescending for Quentin Tarantino to actually have a scene where a white man told some slaves which star was the North Star. And I was like, nigga, really? Okay, I'm done. (laughs) He wasn't trying to tell them as if they didn't know. He's kind of like, in case you didn't know, the North Star is right here. I'm helping y'all out to leave. Right. They really said it like he was beating the slaves, locking them in a pen, and then pointing to the North Star like, and that's the North Star, dumbass. You was going the wrong way. Like, he it was he was actually freeing like helping them get free and trying to help them get to a place where they could be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. and Can they I say they this turned really quick ride. Mm-hmm. 
Because this is what I keep seeing in the reviews, and I'm sorry, I just disagree. And, and you yeah. mentioned it earlier as well. The movie is being talked about with the idea of Jamie Foxx as being like this true black hero with no white savior. Right. But that's not true entirely, because when we meet him, he is a slave. He does have a white savior, yes. which is Dr. Schultz. It just isn't the white savior that comes towards the quote-unquote happy ending and right. does major saving. So I feel like people do need to acknowledge that fact. Like, Well, here's, here's the thing. I, white saving situation in this film. Yeah, he didn't yeah. technically teach Jamie Foxx to do everything. He was right. like, oh, this brother is a natural. Let me right. Well, here's, here's what I'll... To do that. Here's what I'll throw in there, right? The reason I say not true, like white savior film, is because mm-hmm. typically it is not the, f- like, it, it's the fact that there's always this white dude that learns a lesson from the bl- magical Negro. Right. <laughs> and that, that to me, that's what the savior film is. It's like, you know, I thought I was teaching these kids, but really, they were teaching me. <laughs> like, there's always that moment. And in this movie, the white man is the white man is the one who fucks it all up. It was his ego and his pride. And that also pissed me off. In the review, they were like, you know, his sacrifice. He didn't sacrifice like shit. Nothing. That was the fucking problem mm-hmm. was that he wouldn't sacrifice his pride in a fucking climate where every black person on that screen was asked to sacrifice their dignity. The one thing this white man could not separate himself from and the true lesson for that fucking time period is he still couldn't bow down and say, you know what, let me just shake this man's hand and lower my fucking ego and get the fuck out of here because we're uh, here to say to help my man save his girl to get the best of him basically yeah he let he let his ego because you know in this america is he was still white and he still was not used to divorcing himself from his ego whereas every black person in that film had to have kowtow at some point Right. You know, they were, this is a world where they were shocked by a black man on a horse. fucking horse. Continuously, yeah. every fucking scene, nigga on a horse, what the fuck? So, so that to me, the reason I say it's not a white savior film is cause that dude fucked it up. Like he, he made, like he made it so fucked up. There was like a, a, a half a savior or something. Like he took him to the, to the mountaintop and then he didn't get over there to the promised land with him because he couldn't divorce himself from his motherfucking ego. And Jamie Foxx had to go ham, which, you know, is great movie wise. But yeah, I definitely took it as like, uh, King Schultz wasn't that fucking good of a dude. He fucked it up. Yeah, he kind of, yeah. he was, he was playing like he said, he was like, I don't fully agree with slavery, but I'm going to use it at the yeah. to my advantage. And you know what? Tarantino did an interview. I'm, I'm pulling it up now because mm. there was a person who reviewed him, reviewed the film, and he said he felt like the harebrained scheme Schultz comes up with to try to acquire Broomhilda, the whole let's go try to purchase a Mandingo Negro mm-hmm. and then get her on the back end. He was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't he just go and say, hey, give me $5,000 for this German-speaking slave. I'm German. I don't have anybody to speak German with. I really want her. Calvin Candy would have gone for that. Mm-hmm. And Tarantino said, but you don't understand. He said, you're thinking from an American perspective. You have to remember Schultz is not an American and he's ridiculously egotistical think about how we even how we meet him in the beginning everything he does is extra you know he kills people because he always kills people but he always does like the crazy out of you know the, the unexpected to come back to something that seems really really simplistic for instance when they go to that first town and he shoots the sheriff yes you know and then goes 
Well, actually, he was a wanted man. He could have just gone to whoever the marshal was and said, hey, your sheriff isn't who you think he is. Let me collect them and then shoot the dude somewhere else. But no, that that's not the way Schultz does things. Right. So you're right. His his ego was was going to be his downfall. Yeah, not to mention he when they killed the the father in the in the um like Django's first like real like oh, yeah, he's shooting dude from like way far away. Yeah, and he pulls out there like, look, this is the amount of money this dude did. Uh, we need this money, so get to killing. I don't give a fuck if it's in his son. Uh, in front of his son, maybe he'll get to say some last words to his son, but at the end of the day, we gotta get this money and this is what we do. Yeah, cause that, when he pulled out that bill, I thought it was gonna be like, look at how many slaves he's hurt. I thought he was gonna try to play on Django's, like, you know, sympathy. Right. But then it was like, hey, this dude is worth seven grand. Right. <laughs> it's like, look, you get a third of this, remember? Now get to shooting. So, so yeah, man, I, I felt like, the the it never lionized that dude in my opinion like i think the viewer feel you feel that way because we're used to seeing it in so many films so for a while you you get that like yeah man this white man is really he one of the good ones and then after a while you're like no this nigga can shoot real good (laughs) and he and he is making money and yeah and at the end of the day that's all that matters and yeah at some point they became friends and he kept he was like i'm gonna help you get your woman back as a favor because i do feel bad about slavery even called them poor devils but um he felt he felt some kind of way about slavery and the and the brutality of it but he was not the a savior like no like that and he wasn't and also i think that because he wasn't quote-unquote american he was like from another nationality yeah he's like like i think that that almost gave a leeway for him to kind of make him a kind of sort of white savior versus yeah. if he'd have been like American, then people would have like expected him to be, be the white savior. Right. I, I guess in my opinion, because Americans think that the white man is supposed to just come and just save everything, make everything all right, he, make everything okay. Well, and make you know, he, up. he just thought slavery was brutal. That's what it was. That's yeah. like, it's not yeah. this and, and it's, it's fucked up, but I guess in that period of time that could make you quote close enough to white savior. But that's all it was is he flinched when he saw brutality towards yeah. human beings Jeez. like you yeah. know he turned away from the dog thing he tried to buy that dude and keep him from dying you know and almost fucked up the plan then like yeah you know, i mean that's why it, i won't spoil it but that's why the way it happened at the end happened because it was like dude just get it over with so we can go right he's like you know i don't feel like it. it's like oh crap really dude yeah. we, we got the money we got, we got the chick. Let's go. Let's get no, out of here. Like, no regard. Because keep in mind, Django had made this motherfucker all this money. Not to mention, if they was killing dudes for seven G's, you know they had that 12 G's by then. Django probably had 12 G's of his own. So right. it was just really an egotistical move, man. And so I don't lionize that dude. It, I see him as an opportunist. And he was decent. He wasn't some fucking, like, underground railroad savior he was a decent dude Mm -hmm. and 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 it's actually good that he died so that the climax could be jamie fox saving himself basically and becoming this you know comic book hero gunslinger you're right getting a full-on uh yeah because he was yeah he was just a straight bounty hunter yeah, he, he didn't like the full on slavery, but yeah, you like I'm gonna shoot this guy in front of his kid. I don't care. Yeah, he didn't even do. He didn't even get Jamie Foxx to be a bounty hunter. Remember, he just was like point these niggas out. We gonna kill them, and then uh, I'm gonna let your ass go to Mississippi. 
Right. <laughs> like, like, that was pretty good. Yeah. Like, you want to uh, make some money? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, the kids are natural. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, but he's a fully fleshed out character, but I just think that because he didn't fit the savior mode, a lot of white people really were like, when he died, it was like, well, now who's going to save him? It's like, motherfucker. He's going <laughs> to save himself. Right. Like, like, what are y'all watching? <laughs> like, what did like, y'all like, think? Like, the movie, the whole movie, even um, because for Ross and Leo's character was like something about Django is totally different than any other. Mm-hmm. He's that one percent, the yeah. one out of a thousand Negroes that's just special. Yeah, yeah, he's an exceptional nigga, according like, to him. And you know, I mean, basically, if Bru- I don't know where Brunhilde came from, but if Brunhilde was <laughs> not German, he probably wouldn't have helped Jamie out. Right? Yeah, exactly. There's so many little things. Oh, tell me more. Right, exactly, dude. Like, it, he, I think it was just that he wasn't a piece of shit. That's really where people took it. Like, hey, man, he's not a piece of shit, right? And it's like, right, he the one white dude that's not a piece of shit in this movie. <laughs> now fall back. <laughs> there was so many things about this film to talk about, which is why I'm so excited for us to podcast on it tomorrow. Because yeah. uh, one of the things that we couldn't help but notice with our black asses was how all the house Negroes were dark skin, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least that was the new. Of the house Negroes were dark skin, and how Calvin Candy's side chick Sheba, she was a chocolate sister. We yes, appreciate she was. That. Yeah, that was a little different. I thought that was gonna go light. At the Cleopatra Club. <laughs> yeah. she was um, i know you ain't talking about me i like that uh and i also like that um they didn't buy into the light skin dark skin thing into the yes. movie i'm I'm glad it wasn't a thing as a group we don't need that mm-hmm. we right. we still yeah. suffer from that, that wasn't even an issue at all right you didn't think about it at all uh-uh yeah but oh yeah anyway i love the movie and i'm planning on saying it again um let me look uh what were you gonna say casey i'm sorry no, I say yeah, me too. I've been trying to. We have a a, a six dollar matinee that happens over here every Wednesday, mm-hmm. and so I've pretty much seen almost everything. You go to all the movies. Yeah, that's been out. So I think I'm gonna see that uh, that one again. Yeah. Next thing. Next up, seeing it with the white folks. All right. Oh yeah. Um, we have some articles to talk about. Some are guess the race and some aren't. Uh, for those of y'all that know guess the race in uh, in the chat room, uh, I'm sure you have your racism caps on. You'll be able to guess with them. Uh, I would do random thoughts, but I, I kind of think we talked so yeah, much that I'll have. I'm about to say, our, our topic was random thoughts. We yeah. Did. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll save these things for, um, next time. Um, all right. So, um, uh, I don't watch baseball. I don't know. Are you guys into baseball at all? Yeah. A little bit. Not me. All right. Well, uh, Hideki Matsui mm-hmm. is, uh, going to announce his retirement and, uh, I didn't have a favorite baseball player until today. Uh-uh. He's my new favorite baseball player. Um, he says he will have plenty of time to enjoy his massive porn collection in retirement. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, I like people that keep it real, you know. Right. Uh, according to multiple reports, former Yankees outfielder Hideki Matsui is set to announce his retirement from baseball. Matsui played seven seasons with the Yankees before making one-year stops with the Angels, Athletics, and Rays. He will always be remembered for collecting big hits in Game 6 of the 2003 ALCS and the two and Game 2 of the World Series. Oh, who are we kidding? He's going to be remembered for owning a massive porn collection. Uh, in 2003, Time Life magazine profile uh, said... Uh, 
And of course, he likes to watch his much vaunted porno collection, tapes that he often trades with Japanese reporters. As one Japanese journalist put it, describing Matsui's affinity for such unique Japanese cultural institutions like the no panty shabu shabu in Japan. What the hell is that? I don't know, but I'll be Googling it later. Oh, sounds like no draws. Shabu shabu is a dish. Okay. Mm, oh, so, so a dish without no draws? I guess. <laughs> Maybe he like, you think he like, uh. Butt naked plate? He might like BET Uncut. I guess so. That's my show. I was sad when that show quit playing. I ain't got no panties on. I ain't got no panties <laughs> on. I ain't got no panties <laughs> on on the dance floor. Um. <laughs> So uh, it says Matsui is a horny guy. All of us are horny more or less, but Matsui doesn't attempt to hide the fact. Yet another win for the Japanese everyman. Um, they also talked about his, his, his collection, which he says he is the owner of 55,000 adult videos. Who is he, Vivid? <laughs> That's a lot. Matsui ran out of gifts for writers in his uh, first American press event. So he said, sorry, I'll get porn for the rest of you. Oh Lord! So he ran out of gifts and Good. gave everybody else porn. What his, what his favorite uh, type of porn is? It doesn't, but I'm gonna go with hentai because <laughs> yeah. he's Japanese. I've never seen Japanese porn though. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I told them the women, like I like I said, and I, I don't mean porn just with Japanese women. I mean produced mm-hmm. and directed from Japan. Yeah, uh-huh. I, to this day, yeah. I don't even know if Japanese people have genitals or just because they all yeah they all blurred <laughs> yeah, out. Everything is everything is blurred out. Yeah, I used to teach English in Japan for a while. And now I don't know how that ended up being the pastime of mine going to the video store hitting in the adult section. But yeah, likes porn. I do like porn. Mm-hmm. Japanese porn is some is interesting. <laughs> it, it, it is interesting. It, like uh I don't know what they're compensating for, but um they go the extra mile and um, Yeah, they they take porn seriously over there and sometimes I wonder about some of their porn, um, because a lot of their porn is like rapey or pedophilic. Very rapey. It's very rapey. Yeah. Uh, they like that little girl shit. The yeah. best is to see American porn stars. Like next if you haven't done so already, get a Japanese porn that stars Shawn Michaels. Or Julian St. Jacques. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> per- personally, I like the Japanese uh, big tit porn girls. <laughs> I forget what they're called, um, but it's, it's like a, spe- a special name. <laughs> but uh, those are my favorite uh, ones. And then um, they uh, also they have um, uh, a, a, like a genre of porn that, that I was watching for a long time. Um, but I think I've seen all those videos now um, on the Internet. But uh the one where uh like they'll have a girl on a on a train or oh, something. The tra- I, call on the the I call the train ride girls. <laughs> yeah, and there's always some dude that is like, You don't think you wanna have sex in front of all these people. But you do. <laughs> I can convince you. Just give me forty five minutes. Takes forever by the way. Uh, like <laughs> and, and funny, Japanese do five play. And and what's funny is that I'm sitting there going uh, so you gonna touch and feel in high cut dress, and she's moaning. Everybody on the bus is just getting off and getting on and walking around you like y'all not there having sex, right? Yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip. No, when she came back, when she went there, she came back and showed me a picture, and it was like they got used panties in the vending machine. I was like, yeah. oh, what? Japan is a very interesting country. Like, there's wow. there's a few things in Japan that would never work in America. First thing is they have beer vending machines on the street. Wow. And you can buy 
as little as like a half a can, like a little half a can to a full like keg of beer out of a vending machine. And I would oh. ask people, well, what about children? Like the kids, you know, I mean, you know, if I'm a kid and I want to get drunk, I just come into this vending machine and they're like, no, kids don't even touch the vending machines. It's not an issue. I'm like, okay, it's interesting. The yeah. second is used panties also in the vending machine. Yeah. The Japanese men have a thing for young girls and dirty draw. So mm -hmm. you can go to the thing, go to the vending machine and purchase the pen. You know, you pick the girl by face and you know, you can get the wow. panties. And the panties have a little, a little, a little juice on it. You know, Ooh. depending on how kinky you are, it might have a little something else on it, a little special time of the month juice on it. <laughs> you can buy that and keep it in your pocket. Also in Japan, they have love hotels, which Americans would probably love to have that shit over here. Um, a love hotel, you can basically rent a room for an hour. Mm -hmm. And the rooms are themed. I didn't go in them. This was all hearsay from my tour guides. Right. You go into the hotel and rent the room for an hour and get busy with whomever you want to get busy with. And if you want to, you know, be Georgia the Jungle, you get the jungle room for the day or whatever. <laughs> Japan also has 24-hour flower shops. Because the amount of infidelity in Japan is very, very high. Mm. So, Because, like, I was there teaching English in the South. The benefactor for the, 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 the company I was working for was an older man. He was a doctor. He was a doctor for this whole town. He had a wife. I never met his wife. However, I had many a drink with his concubine who went with him everywhere. Wow. So wow. the 24-hour flower shops are for men after they've gone from the love hotel and they got to go home to their wife. They can stop and get some flowers. <laughs> wow. And uh, the genre of... the <laughs> The genre of porn that I was thinking about was opie. That's what I meant to. Oh, oh, what, 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 what do they do? They have a big booty hole room in the they do. hotel. <laughs> Can I tell you though? Do not let the myths about Japanese women fool you. Now, mind you, it's been some years. Mm -hmm. Things might have changed. I have not been to Japan. It's been a decade. It's been ten years. But when I was there in Tokyo specifically. They have American bars. That's the, the bars they try to put to the tourists. Those women in there, the whole idea of, you know, quiet, little demure, soft-spoken Japanese women, shit. I was there with two white boys, a Latino girl. It, it was a whole college situation. We was over there teaching. These white boys could not get enough pussy thrown at them. It was ridiculous. In those bars, they come up to the men, I need you to teach me English. I'm trying to learn English lessons. <laughs> come home with me. I mean, they're putting their titties up. Wow. Like, who would not believe some of the stuff that you see over there? I was like, am I really in the Japan that I've learned about my home? <laughs> I, I, look, I've been studying Japanese since the first grade. I speak the language. Mm -hmm. So I had a whole idea of what I was going to expect when I got there. My mind was completely blown. The South was the only place that was really pristine and kind of fit the stereotype because nobody really visits the South. And uh -huh. that's where I was working. But Tokyo, Tokyo might as well be right on over here. Yeah. Oh, and also um, for for people that are like, oh, uh, what? Oh, I don't know if I like opai, uh, uh porn. Um, look up Hitomi Tanaka and then thank me later. Um, all right. Speaking of being attractive and unwanted sexual propositions, um, we do have an article about, um, this lady. Um, and I, I thought this was crazy. Um, but let me just play it for everybody. 
and fired for being too toothsome, too attractive. A dentist in Iowa fired his dental assistant because he says her beauty threatened his marriage. And Iowa's all-male Supreme Court just ruled he was justified. Here to discuss potential implications is defense attorney and Fox News contributor Tamara Holder. Tamara, I think the most important thing here is that I try to get it through this hit without saying an inappropriate joke or hitting on you in any way. So first, just tell us, what do you think of this, the idea that a court said it's okay to fire someone for being too attractive? Well, here's the problem. What the court did... I feel sad for all the women that work for Fox News, too. because They hire these women, like, straight off of Victoria's Secret. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you can not you can get fired going around with all them titties hanging out now. Be Watch yourself. <laughs> Plus, this dentist that that fired this lady was sending her text messages and stuff. So, it's a pretty fucked up case. Like, they weren't dating. He was just coming on to her. She turned him down. And she got fired for being too attractive at her job, you know? That doesn't even seem legal. I know. And then it went to court. And the Iowa Supreme Court, all male, said that he was in the right because he was trying to protect his family. That means that when he saw her, his dick got hard. That's not mm. her fault. Yep. And she wore medical scrubs to work, but he was like, her clothes are too tight and too revealing. But she wore the same scrubs as everybody else. And look, I've been in, I've been around hospitals. I've seen nurses. Those scrubs are not the most flattering outfits Outfit you can wear, wear, period. Like, right. I never seen a dude like, yo, man, you know what I like? A woman in some medical scrubs. Does it to me every time? <laughs> yes. Do you like the white ones or the green ones, dog? Yeah. Cake help myself. Like, no, man. It's so it, this dude was just fucked up, man. And, uh, that's like a lawsuit. Yeah, it was. And she lost. lost. That's yeah, the thing. She lost. It went all the way to Iowa the Supreme Court. Court. Yeah. You said it went to the damn. Yeah. yeah. And she lost. So all male court said that he had the right to fire her. Yep. That's ill. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. That is fucked up. Uh, another thing that's fucked up. Uh, Braz- a Brazilian burger chain has introduced edible paper wrappers. <laughs> oh, a paper that fucking lazy. You can't take off a wrapper. He's trying to clean up the trash. It's too much trash. I wouldn't trust what's in that wrapper. No, that shit probably recycled leaf paper. You don't know what's in that wrapper. That shit might be a. uh, I think that wrapper is a. Say say that again, Chris. (laughs) I think that wrapper is a GMO. You know? Hell yes. Tell me what's in my wrapper. Um, Have you ever been so hungry that you actually munched on your burger's paper wrapper without ever noticing? Happens happens to me all the time, and while I don't think it's a big deal, some people are actually disgusted when that happens. But thanks to Brazilian fast food chain Bob's. Oh wait, oh commercial is playing. Oh, Droid is on it. Chill out, we please. are not sponsored by Droid. Yeah, trying to slide in and do some articles. <laughs> I was like Droid did pay for this. Um, no, they didn't. I ain't got nice. No Droid dollar bills. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but basically, man, you can eat your rap a rapper now. Um, they last year they decided that they threw uh, in the U.S. seventy five million tons of packaging was wasted uh, in two thousand eleven, and only half of that was recovered through recycling. So they think it'll be friendly for the environment and people can just bite right into their paper wrapping on their on their food, man. You don't know what that's doing to you, what it has oh. to affect your digestive system. When you shit, are you going to see wrappings and paper? <laughs> I don't know. No, I would not eat that bullshit. The rest is right, some man. gimmicky shit. I mean, you got some Burger King today, huh? 
Yeah, I get, yeah, you have to be in K. <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing about this shit too is like um the rappers have writing on them. It's not just like <gasps> is it like I would think like oh, okay, it looks like maybe Japanese noodles that that like kind of styrofoamy thing. Right, but, or like rice paper. Right, but it's literally like writing on the paper then they're biting right into it. So no. so is the ink edible too? I um, bet you them rappers is made by Monsanto. Don't fuck with that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, I'm not going to say they cross-breeded what, that paper. I'm not going to say what race of people they have in this picture that's eating this, uh, this, these, this food, but I will say uh, we they pay- probably had, no, we're not, and I will say they probably had cheese on their burgers, if you know what I'm saying. Well, of course. People. You ain't going to give no black folks no paper time I eat this. Yeah. <laughs> They got some flavor one. They got. They gonna come on with some flavor joints. Oh yeah, that, yep, that paper gonna be bacon flavor. Barbecue flavor wrapper. Man, you might get some. <laughs> I need that jalapeno. Flavor. Yeah, let me get that jalapeno wrapper, dog. Yes, <laughs> I, I want. I want my wrapper double fried, dipped in Kool Aid, <laughs> with a side of iced tea, and be sure my cup is edible too. All right, here's the wrapper for your wrapper. Here's the next guest ah. race. Uh, this is a guest race article. Here we go. Play. We're following breaking news. One person is dead following an argument between two customers at an Orlando McDonald's. It happened at West Colonial. Oh, Florida. Sorry. Right. And John Young Parkway. Fox 35's Tiffany Teasley joins us live with the breaking details. Well, as you can see, police tape surrounds this McDonald's here on West Colonial Drive as Orlando officers and crime scene detectives finish up processing the restaurant, which has now become the scene of a murder. Officers tell us one man is dead and another in custody after an argument that started inside this McDonald's between two customers. Please tell us this all started around 7 o'clock this evening when two men were in line inside the restaurant. They got into some sort of argument when police say the suspect pulled out a knife and stabbed the victim in the stomach. He was flown to the hospital where he later died. Meanwhile, the suspect ran into a wooded area near the McDonald's. Police dogs conducted a search and were able to track him down. And that suspect is now being treated at the hospital for some injuries sustained by those dogs. After that, he'll be taken to jail and back out here live. Police have not yet ID'd the victim or the suspect, only saying they are two males and it's unclear if they knew each other but again a very tragic situation here at this mcdonald's especially on christmas reporting live from orange county tiffany teasley fox 35 news all right now one of these men was in a wheelchair and wow uh, yeah and uh he's the one who got fatally stabbed so he oh, gone. Man, I was gonna be like, like how he go through all that brush and shit on a wheelchair <laughs> right oh, so well, guys I know what my guess is. Guess the race of the stabber, the person. Hispanic. Who, Hispanic. All right. Or Latin of of some Latin Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Chris? I would say somebody who does speak the uh, Spanglish language. Okay. <laughs> Let's check the chat room and see what they believe. Spanglish language. <laughs> Django Black Buck Mandingo fighting for the white man looking niggas. <laughs> okay okay uh most interesting man in the world i don't know what race that is it's spanish it's spanish i'ma slice you homes <laughs> uh, the nigga the nigga nigga um i think you meant that trinidad james nigga 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 <laughs> um mick niggas says steve warner 
that's that's hilarious uh this was a taco and burrito conversation nachos latino (laughs) all right well the correct answer oh wait hold on got more the arctic wait dartigan dartagnan d'artagnan oh d'artagnan from Django. Oh, i didn't know how you spelled that <laughs> all right well the correct answer is black it was black dude what? yeah I was not i was we don't use nice. stabbed a man in the wheelchair why don't you yeah, um, i was like uh oh, um, i was gonna guess to hope not if that had been in la he'd have been hispanic <laughs> Well, we would have known the area. We'd have been like, where? Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know if this is guess the race or not, but just this is crazy as parents of a kid who just celebrated, you know, Christmas and, you know, people get them gifts. I thought this story would be appropriate. Here we go. New tonight, a father from Lakewood had to return one gift that was given his son. He says it traumatized his family. The five-year-old boy found pornographic pictures on the refurbished game device he got for Christmas. <gasps> Nine News reporter Daniel Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, I know he was mad as shit. He had to get that back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and not these titties. Hold up now. Right. <laughs> Just from the GameStop where the item was purchased. Megan, the company says it's trying to make it right. Adele, that's what they're saying, but the dad just doesn't see how that's possible since he can't just erase these images from his son's brain. But the store behind me gave the family a brand new upgraded Nintendo 3DS. They also threw in some games in there, but the dad says there's really no way to make this right. He just wants to let other families know so it doesn't happen to their kids. When you're a kid, hands down, the best part about Christmas is jumping out of bed it's really exhilarating and seeing all the t- Ooh, five years old he already know exhilarating <laughs> i hear you fly you. <laughs> especially when you're five and especially when you've been waiting all year round for that special toy i got a 3ds yeah you got a 3ds that's right and these are some these are the pictures that we took this morning there's brayden but wednesday morning that excitement turned to horror he handed a 3ds to brighton and Brighton said, Dad, I don't think he should be looking at these pictures. And I said, Dad, this DS has porn on it. Is he crying? No, but he, uh, is that uncomfortable talk that you do when you're a kid and you don't talk about the brother? Yeah, you you, like he like this is the older brother who's like who's twelve, maybe thirteen. Talked to him before, so like this is a tough to say in front of your dad. Dad, (laughs) Yeah, like um, hey, um, you just gave our brother porn, daddy. Yeah, you told me not to watch. Oh, I lost it. I I just called everybody. Dad. The dad is almost crying, dog. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah, basically, crazy. it was hard. You know what? See, this is why we tell people don't fuck with GameStop. They don't clear that, <laughs> clean that shit off. They give you anything. Right. I almost went there, too. Eli. I'm so glad I skipped it. Mm-hmm. Would have been watching. We had been explaining a lot of stuff at four years yeah, old. I know, right? right. <laughs> like, yeah, this thing, this thing bad. I think we'll take it. Uh, we'll take it back to my room. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me download some things off the hard drive and we'll take it back. <laughs> All right. Here we go. To the phone. Oh, I lost it. I, I just called everybody. It was hard for Mark Giles' two young sons to see pornographic images on their toy. 
But it was even harder for him, a dad who tried so hard to make Christmas special. About nine minutes. It was special, all right. Of <laughs> uh, sexual activity on his toy that he got from Santa, that Santa got from GameStop. So GameStop tried to make it right. They told Giles the images were from a previous. I like how he's still in front of his son, so he, like, still yeah. sticking to the Santa story. Like, got from Santa, and then Santa got this from GameStop. So, don't don't blame Santa this on Santa shops at GameStop, y'all. Yeah, don't blame this on me. Santa is a fucking pervert. <laughs> right. Who, who, who? And you know what? Santa needs to go back and beat them elves. Whoever elf put put that on that game yeah. for my baby. Owner, And they weren't caught before the refurbished device was sold. But you can't unsee this. He's five years old. Now, maybe when he's 18 or 20, maybe he won't know anything about it, but he's not going to forget about it tomorrow. And the company wouldn't go on camera, but the corporate office sent us the following statement. It says GameStop is currently researching the situation. We have a rigorous quality control process in place to ensure oh, that existing content is removed from all devices before they are resold. Out of millions of transactions each year, ones like this happen very rarely. Our number one priority is to make this right for our customers. And an employee at the GameStop behind us told Giles that they're going to do their own investigation to try and find out how this happened to Dell so that they can make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, Megan, is this type of a bulk eraser? It would seem like that you would erase everything on every unit. You would think so, Adele. In fact, the father was saying that there's a SIM card that easily could have just been removed that would have uh, erased all of these images, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. All right, so we do know the race, okay? Right. And I want to say guess the race of the father in this in this one. White. White. All right, what about you, Chris? Yeah, I would say um, related to um, Mr. Candy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's check the chat room. Uh, one, Leonard Brothers says, one whose skin is the same color as baby batter splashed on female porn stars' face when the scene ends. Oh, oh Lord. Uh, a cheddar who has not been listening to the podcast who would not have known to not fuck with GameStop. Uh, black folk, says June. He'll probably also tell his son that Santa is black, so he'll stop believing. White. <laughs> uh, Larry Neckbone. Uh, Popson says milk. Oh. Big Daddy says Mr. Bond. <laughs> Big Daddy. <laughs> uh, white as the freshly driven snow cracker ass cracker says Sterling. Oh, Lord. The correct answer is black. What? what? Yep, I'll put the link in the chat room. Um, oh wait, let me get that link back up. Shit, really? Oh, mm-hmm. I saw some titties. I'm sad for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, damn it, I got to explain this five years earlier. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Son got son got cock blocked by his daddy, man. I like I like that we've had two and uh, people have been wrong. I like that. And, and my thing is this. I don't know why GameStop is pretending like they got this quality control that they really be doing. And this is not the first time this has happened because she said it really happens. That means this shit has happened before. Yeah, that was some bullshit. This never happens. Y'all niggas don't got no fucking quality control. Y'all don't check for this shit. I know. I, I've sold stuff to you. Y'all don't look. No, you don't. <laughs> They're like, like, I'm going to forget that I sold the shit to you. Like, oh, we check everything rigorously, you know? I was like, well, what about that game you bought for me that had no case, no cover, and no book? Well, other than that time, this rarely happens. 
uh a man we always talk about this on the show so ratchetness is a very it's an epidemic i heard um the other day uh blacking it up was doing a podcast and uh they were talking about being anti-gun and then they both talked about how they they couldn't be trusted with a gun but they could be trusted with a sword to which i say that's fucking ridiculous me too <laughs> if you can't be trusted with a gun a sword is just like a gun that hurts more don't don't fucking like if i had to choose between two things to die with i'm choosing a gun every time as opposed to a fucking sword like no, you you not gonna miss me with a gun right uh, or just if i gotta die like i'm gonna kill you there's nothing you can do about it yeah use that gun let's make this over with fast <laughs> die with no sword um and neither one of these dudes have had sword training either i was very disappointed um <laughs> All right, so a man was charged with attempted murder over a samurai sword attack. A uh, man has been charged with attempted murder after a woman was attacked with a samurai sword, a la Timofe, and it's A-H-L-A, not a la like the Muslim, you know, stuff, um, of London, was charged today with two counts of attempted murder. He will appear in the Highbury Corner Magistrate's Court tomorrow. Police uh, were called to Holloway Road early yesterday to find the woman bleeding heavily on the ground. She must have been on a period. Am I right? Up top. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) The victims, who is uh, 22 and Italian, was found to be bleeding heavily after suffering wounds to her legs, arms, and face. Her condition was described as serious but not life-threatening. And her parents traveled from Italy to be at her bedside, a bag containing a crossbow, samurai-type swords, hunting knives, and gas masks was found at the scene. So, no guess the race here, just... Sword ratchetness, stop. Wow. Sword ratchetness. Don't need this yes. shit. <laughs> uh, we already. Sword. Right. Live by the sword, National die by the sword. Sword Association, is there an NSA? No, and don't, and we need, that's what I, I'm not saying you need to ban swords, Mm-mm. okay? I'm not an extremist. I'm saying they should be regulated like, like guns. guns. Me too. Where are the laws against the swords? It's not just the same as a knife. Mm. It needs its own special laws yeah, to get it off the streets. Un- unless you're on a gun shop, folks don't. It's against the law just to have guns just hanging around up on your wild own display for all to see. Yeah. But you can do it with a sword, though. You can go People buy have a sword. it on their mantles, everywhere. Go buy a sword easy, just like that. Um, say it's for display. Next thing you know, you're killing your family. uh we already talked about it so i'm not gonna talk about it again but spike lee don't want to see Django. so all right then spike that nigga's so opportunistic man yes he is yeah and chances are spike probably has somewhere in his arsenal a slave movie that didn't get greenlit (laughs) right Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying got to be it because he 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 is the envelope pusher of of black Hollywood, and I, let me let me preface everything I'm saying right now by saying I love Spike. Lee. Me too. Huge Spike Lee fan. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't had. I guess the last film that I can recall of his that was really successful, and y'all can help me because it's been some years. Inside Man. I, yeah. Which one? Inside, Inside, Inside Man. Man. Inside right. Inside Man. But that one even. I, like that was a Spike Lee film, but that was such a Spike Lee Hollywood blockbuster yeah. type film. He didn't. He didn't write it. No, he didn't write it. He didn't no, write what it. What was the one with Savion Glover? Uh, Bamboozle. Bamboozle. Yeah. And that I was the last time he did some like for real envelope pushing. We gonna make you think 
Yeah. Type shit. At least that's the last one that comes oh, to mind yeah, for me. I thought uh, she hate me was misogynistic and kind of ridiculous. Uh, I thought Miracle at Santa Ana just lost it, like lost the path halfway through it. Yeah, when the ending was like, okay, so right, where's Miracle at? We they all did <laughs> right, like they like <laughs> like shoot these niggas. I, I, Wow, Kyle, I'm not leaving this family happy. <laughs> yeah, like Spike wants you to be depressed. And then also, man, he has a knack for like being really heavy handed with his narrative. So that there's no room left for doubt for exactly what the fuck he wants you to feel. And it's like, dude, let the audience have a little bit of, you know, intelligence. Yeah, believe in us. We smart. That's why we saw you. Did you guys see Red Hook Summer? No, mm-hmm. I did not, man. I'm like, that's the thing with Spike, man. I've, it, maybe it sounds fucked up, but his off the the from behind the camera like persona has turned me off towards his movies. Mm-hmm. Like now it's just like, oh, so you hating on Tyler Perry right now? Like I don't even like Tyler Perry, but that but, shit ain't got nothing to do with your movie. Ain't that the truth? You make a good movie, I will support it, but you're not gonna guilt me into supporting your movie. Don't try to tell Lil Kwali me and make me buy your album because cause you a good dude. And then I get the shit and ain't got no knock, and I'm like, why the fuck did I buy this fucking album? <laughs> like that's how I feel with Spike shit, man. Like Miracle Santa Ana, I think was the last thing they looked like. Just I was like, nope. You, this the last time you get me, Spike. I, I need to see some previews that I fucking believe in before I see another one, man. So I ain't see Red. He Hulk. just hasn't been able to get any of that controversial stuff greenlit. He's not, and I, I could understand his frustration as a director in comparison to Tyler Perry because there's a. Right. You guys know if you listen to our site, we have Malcolm who does Culture Connection. Malcolm is also anti Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. And that's because Malcolm is a theater producer. He's a thespian. He's an actor as well. A lot of people who are really serious about the craft take issue with Tyler Perry, one, because his beginnings are in those church plays, the quote-unquote Chitlin circuit, Mm -hmm. which isn't considered serious theater. Mm -hmm. And then I think we can probably all agree Tyler Perry doesn't have the best writing. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, his are, are, are I'll, very, I'll, very weak. And I'll take it one step. Kind of open about the fact that he doesn't mind, you know, that it's that way. Because mm-hmm. Lionsgate is going to give him the money he needs to, to have to make his films, even yeah. though they're not the best. And so people who feel like they're trying to bring quality to the screen get really frustrated seeing him get opportunity after opportunity to make film year after year when they have to scrimp and ask people to write checks and, you know, just have shit on hold for 10, 15 years that they really feel is something quality. So, but at the same time, I feel like with this film, Spike, go see it first. Go see right. it and then say it's an embarrassment to our ancestors. If you haven't seen it, you not, you're not in a position to judge it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, my, no. my thing for him is, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I didn't say nothing. I'm oh, okay. just listening back in. Okay. My, my thing is, uh, for, for Spike and uh, for a lot of black creators, like, th- what this man eat is not making you shit. Like, I am not a fan of this dude. 
but you know what i don't talk about him because he fucking sucks he's not good at making movies and i don't see his movies that's the extent of my interest in tyler perry is just don't try to tell me he makes good movies ain't that the truth like i've never had any discussion about tyler perry where i started the topic with and this is why you shouldn't see tyler perry movies i feel like black people are so fucking starved for representation on the screen i will defend you seeing anything Honestly, if you are black and you tell me I saw Red Tails and I fucking loved it, the best movie I've seen in my fucking life, <laughs> I will say good. Good for you because you're black and when you're fucking starving and someone gives you a cup of dirty water, it's the best fucking water you ever had in your life. So I yeah, get it. Tyler has a specific demographic. He's he that same, mm-hmm. that same group of people who he was catering to when he was making the church plays. Yep. It's the same people who he caters to with his films. He purposefully targets the single lonely christian black woman yep. yes ma'am and he, and he showed no pitch it for improvement like like he's like it's not like well he started out like this and then his movies got better it's like he just he's like walmart he just mass produces the shit out of it he take you know he does the credit for everything he writes everything he's constantly grinding and he's built his empire and you know what you got it you got your empire i'm not taking anything from you but i ain't got to support it and don't try to guilt me because he's black because people do that shit too you don't want tyler perry ain't you black nigga i don't give a fuck about how many black people he hire cocaine hire black people the shit is not making me support it (laughs) so you know i'm I'm not saying he's as bad for the community i'm just saying that's not a good reason plus i'm not huge into the whole like if one black man does this it set us all back like you're not about to fuck up my hustle i'm not taking no pay decrease at my job because tyler perry made a new movie and i suggest everybody listening don't do the same don't accept less because some other nigga fucked up so i'm just not supporting tyler perry that being said if you make a good movie, I will support it. And I that's will too. I wish more black people, like directors and, and, and movie people, would concentrate on that part of it because I think there's a room for a lot of black people to make money if they want to. Like, it's room if you put out product. And now with so much of this shit being like internet and mm-hmm. go get your own camera, start your web series, like... Uh, you can you can do it you know and just the main thing i would say is man when they ask you because they're gonna ask you y'all white people gonna believe me white people gonna ask you when they ask you about tyler perry just look at them and say no comment i know what you mean we all know what you mean but don't let that motherfucker fuck your paper up worrying about him now because spike lee don't like them ain't nobody gonna see your movie off of you not like a tyler perry show me why red hook is is created a machine for himself Lionsgate is his bitch he goes to them pitches a movie they give him 20 million he brings them back 120 million everybody's happy right make like 60 right it's 20 i make 60 good everybody everybody gets their money and we move on to the next thing like did you guys see middle of nowhere did it come out where you guys were i don't think so i've never heard of that Mm -mm. or it might have came out but i didn't hear about it so i didn't know to see it i'm gonna put this out there to everybody that's listening middle of nowhere was a good film directed by a sister ava duvernay she is the head of a distribution company called affirm the african-american film releasing movement Mm. when i first heard of ava her goal was to try to put out movies that told real stories about the black experience at least two a year for the most part she's done i think probably one a year since we've Mm. heard from her but middle of nowhere was the last one and it was a really good 
solid story, well-directed, well-acted. It was really supported out here in L.A., and I think she hit all the major metropolitan cities. At this point, it should be either coming to DVD soon or streaming on Netflix soon or somewhere. But if you get an opportunity, please check out Middle of Nowhere and support Ava DuVernay. She's really trying to do something different in regards to the storytelling. Her stories are not going to be the Hollywood blockbusters. Mm -hmm. But if we're if we're talking about a people who are starved for representation, she's at least giving us something different. It's not the whole, you know, sanctified church mom you know it's it's, it's not that story no, it's an it's, honest right. film representing uh showing specifically black women with blacks in the light that we all know that's not negative and just shows all of our sides and it's a good film period right. it's, it's a quality film and you know what um because we complain about right that we, we don't have this and that and then now and that's one of them and i'll give uh props uh to like because people like another dude that's actually making money doing his thing, and I've never heard him say a word about Tyler Perry. F. Gary Gray, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. black dude made Law Abiding Citizen, which I fucks with. Made Be Cool, which white people love. Be Cool, by the way, um, I love it too. You know, it got the rock in there, acting a fool, but um, uh, he was great. Yeah, he was <laughs> uh, the Italian job, which I didn't like, but white people like. But right. the point, the point being, man, like. It's, you can make it in Hollywood and not have to say shit about another black director. I just hate to see people try to use black directors to take each other down. And I feel, yes. I feel bad because it's like Spike fell into that trap and he's never going to get out because it's not like the white people are then turning around and being like, now let's talk about your movie and get people out to see it. It's like, say something bad about Tyler Perry. Ooh, he did it, y'all. And then, you know, say something bad about Tarantino. Ooh, he did it again. Like, dude. That's that shit ain't gonna put no money in your pocket, and nope. you just coming off bitter now because it's getting old, and these movies are going on to critical acclaim and success, and the only thing is you're becoming a footnote. Then no one's talking about Red Hook; they're talking about what you said. And you know, as a fan of Spike Lee, I I hate to see him go out this way, but I feel like this is him now. This is what he's gonna, this is what he's gonna do, man. Um, and that- Sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Yes, it does. Ends up being what Spike is remembered for being the black director that just bitches and moans about other films. Yeah, he made Malcolm X, man. Like he can make good movies, man. I don't, like. No, I think it must be hard for him being in the industry because Malcolm X is an epic film, yeah. and he received absolutely no award or any kind of acclaim from his peers you know what i'm saying like it's one thing of course you're gonna get support from your people we have his back and we you know supported that film greatly but the fact that in the room of his peers and the the hollywood machine nobody even acknowledged how magnificent that film is to me that that was to actually ask like some of the rich black folk to finance it. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was financed out of the pockets of the wealthy black, you know, uh, community. Yep. They checks for him to finish that film. So I think he's, I think he's just burnt. He's burnt because yeah. he's still, this is his job and he's still trying to do it. Yep. I, I, and I think he wants his acknowledgement as a founding father or at least a place in this movement where we see people kind of uh succeeding you know yeah. like someone stepped on his back and, and helped get up to the next rung and he had to kind of sacrifice his career and he had and he was a a truth teller to an extent and he's a dude that's always like 
being able to say what he feels and you know now people are kind of reaping the benefits of his sacrifice and Mm -hmm. i think he feels he's feeling kind of forgotten to some extent or cheated yeah or like why aren't am i not on the list with these guys but i'm telling you dude you're not you're not done yet he can make another movie where it's like yo get this man his props i really feel like it can happen i feel like the time is right but it's up to him to not worry about these other niggas and make his best product right that's the truth but, um all right man we got to do some more guess the right so those people gonna feel cheated um <laughs> <laughs> i already feel people being like come on nigga this ain't this ain't no more guess this ain't no guess the race uh a quick uh sword wielding story though because there's so many i literally could do the entire podcast on just uh sword ratchetness uh because so many people have done dumb shit with swords. Um, ah. Police are hunting for two men who tried to rob a jewelry shop with a sword. The oh. pair, yeah, the pair threatened a man and a woman working. Well, two people need one sword. That's fucking idiots. <laughs> really, I really hate these people, man. We got to get them out the streets. Um, they were a man and a woman were working for RM Jeweler Jewelers at Four Far Avenue uh, around three p.m. on a Monday, broad daylight. Uh, one of the workers, a 50 year old man, suffered a slight head injury as he struggled with the men who eventually fled empty handed. So they didn't even get anything. Just pulled a sword for nothing. Uh, <laughs> the man off in a, uh, the, the, they made off in a Skoda Octavia. I guess it's a car, which what? had, yeah, I've never heard of a Skoda Octavia. Uh, Octa- yeah, Octavia. <laughs> I think they named that shit off a, a black woman. Sounds <laughs> like a James Bond villain. Yeah, a black woman drove them off. Skoda Octavia was her name. <laughs> uh, the worker was taken to Southern General Hospital and was released last night. The two would be robbers are white in their early 20s, clean shaven and slim. Uh, one wore a dark gray hooded top and uh, the, with the hood up and spoke with a Glasgow accent. The other man wore a dark colored hooded top and jogging bottoms. Karen, can you give me some of your Glasgow accent real quick? My who? Glasgow accent. What's that? Okay. Uh, Detective Inspector. I'm sorry. I I don't know what it is either. Me either. I'm I'm looking like, wait a minute. Did I miss the cue? Uh, Ian Highlands, the detective, said these men were determined to rob this shop and were armed with weapons, including a sword, to do so. Well, they couldn't have been too determined. They didn't get shit. Um, No. Back to guess the race. Um, uh, this is such a ridiculous article. A man showed his pellet gun at a drive-thru window and got arrested. Oh, what was this at? St. Cloud, Florida. Oh, Florida. Wow. A 21-year-old man is accused of pulling out a pellet gun at a McDonald's drive-thru in a St. Cloud, in St. Cloud early Sunday morning. According to the police, a car with three passengers pulled up at the window at 4.30 a.m. before the restaurant was open. So they weren't even open yet. Donald oh. <laughs> Donald DeLong handed an employee a coupon for a free meal and asked to go inside the restaurant. When he was told that it wasn't open, he pulled out a pellet gun, police said. He was arrested at the Pizza Hut next door and charged with aggravated assault. So he didn't even flee. He they was, just went next door. Right. <laughs> Guess the race. Uh, Fail. <laughs> uh, yeah, he black. Okay. What, what'd you, I don't know what race he is, but he's definitely a crackhead. Crackhead, okay, okay. If crackhead is a race, I vote crackhead. <laughs> it's not a race. You need a real vote if you want to win. 
I'm gonna say white. All right, going white. Let's check the <laughs> chat room and see what they believe. Uh, Mr. DeLong is. These niggas did not get up early. They had been up all night. So I guess <laughs> that's black. Didn't go to sleep. A black coward from Broward who was afraid to get sprayed in day. Oh, Lord. <laughs> One who wears shorts and sandals in the winter like they have white privilege over nature. Oh. <laughs> V-Ride and his wigger crew. <laughs> A dumbass Uncle Ruckus looking nigga. Somebody's Asian. <laughs> just somebody's you know uh and black don't crack but crack does black black <laughs> the correct answer is white it was a white it man. was white casey got it man yeah it was white adam and steve coupon or adam and adam and eve adam and eve adam and eve not adam and steve you can tell y'all from California. Yourself. That's your coupon. <laughs> yeah, they. You could, this is what happens when you have uh, people from California on the show. You know. Um, I don't know if y'all heard this article, but um, a California woman uh, named I don't know how you pronounce this, but I'm gonna try. M- Modupe Adani Martin. Is M O D? Is it M O D U P E? Yes. Mm-hmm. Modupe, that's Modupe. Modupe or Dunny Martin will spend nine months in jail after investigators discovered she was faking a foot injury. When they saw her performing a sex act she couldn't do without two good ankles. Oh, without two good ankles? Yeah, now why? Now would she'd it, have had one, she'd have been good, but, but no. Two? Faking the foot. She was faking the foot. Martin, 29, of Hayward, was employed as a custodian at the Sequoia Union High School District in February 2009, when she claimed to have injured her ankle on the job. She said she couldn't walk, even use crutches to visit 10 doctor's appointments over six months. So they were counting. She used, it's always bad when you, when they've been tracking you from day one, like, it's like she went to the doctor with crutches 10 times because we were looking. Oh. Uh, she used insurance claims to collect workman's compensation benefits for months, but her lies began to unravel when the district attorney's fraud unit started checking in on her story with hidden cameras around the doctor's offices. On several occasions, she was caught leaving on foot without the aid of the crutches. On one particular damning moment, she even threw the crutches into the backseat of her car, drove to a nearby gas station, changed in the high hills, and then ran to a nearby public park. <laughs> she met her boyfriend there, and the pair performed what prosecuting attorneys described as a sexual act that could not be performed on one, an injured ankle. Oh, she was getting down in the park, wasn't she? Yeah, what kind of sex act could that have been? She's standing up doggy style, I guess. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing pumps right both <laughs> angles um park with the grass take your shoes off right and what who has to fuck that bad <laughs> i couldn't get home um so uh martin was arrested in august 2009 she pled no count- contest to one felony fraud count in october and was freed when posting forty thousand dollars bail probably all the state's money she must <laughs> she must ah! She must now pay an additional seventy nine thousand dollars in restitution for workers' compensation. Yeah, for workers' comp payments she received. Martin was taken into custody Thursday after the judge passed sentence. Besides jail time, she was sentenced to three years probation. Seventy nine thousand—that's more than some people making a whole damn year. Guess right. the guess the race. She's black. 
All right. She is African. All right. Let's check the chat room, see what they believe. Motopue is one whose eyes are the same color as eggnog, bush monkey African. <laughs> Oh Lord, Bush monkey. Mm, that's that's a that's a new one. As uh, some Christmas racism for you, I see. An African porch monkey who never gets to feel at home because ain't no porches in Africa. <laughs> oh, Sir. hell, brothers. Damn. The, <laughs> descendant of a background dancer in the wedding scene and coming to America. <laughs> Refugee from Wakanda. Cephas and Reese Black. Cephas and Reese Black. The, an old school Scooby Doo looking ugly wide black chick, Aww. dark continent ankles chick, baby with the same complexion as Tar, white says Sparger going off the board, pancake booty white. Correct answer is black. <laughs> it was a black woman, y'all. How could you not know? All right, uh, I think I'll do two more. Um, a 33 year old man looking for work in the middle of the night pulled a rusty knife when a linen service company employee told him there were no jobs. Oh, so they were like, he was like y- y- we- I would like to work here, sir. We have no jobs. Let me get my knife. <laughs> you going to give me a job. <laughs> he was quoted as saying, nobody want to mess with me. Employees at Florida's finest linen service. What's wrong with Florida? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we've been saying for, for, for years, brother. For years. Oh, Florida. Uh, they called police who found the alleged 120 pound assailant, Charles Nelson, nearby at a gas station on Orange. He was arrested at 1.48 a.m. Friday on charges of aggravated assault and carrying a concealed weapon. The white handled knife with a foot long blade was in his waistband. He was looking for a job with that on him. <laughs> wow. Y'all niggas hiring? Not no. with that knife. <laughs> Uh, no, we are not hiring. Uh, but you gotta want to sign. Mm, mm, mm. No, no jobs no, in no, here. Uh, we 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 filled that out today. No. Um. Uh, it was in his waistband when ordered to drop to the ground. Nelson, uh, is being held in the St. Lucie County Jail in lieu of forty-one. Oh wait, in lieu of four thousand one hundred twenty-five dollars bail. Guess the race of Charles Nelson. Blacks again. Ooh. Mm. Oh, okay. I would say uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go with cracker ass cracker. Okay, let's check the chat room. Black Hercules. <laughs> this is a Cuban, Mexican, Ecuadorian, Guatemalan wetback knives in the waistband and cheek. Had a knife, must be a spick, says Sterling. <laughs> Lunar Grasshopper. Um, moon Cricket. Got it. That's good. Backwoods Trailer Park Negro. The only Haitian not related to Wyclef. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes, Cuban B, says Little Brothers. <laughs> a gay white man. <laughs> oh, my. I like that that, that possibly put gay in there like that's part of the race. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say, did we talk about it about sexuality? No, man. Carlson just is obsessed with gay white men. We all know this. Uh, the correct answer is uh, Blacksican, man. I think that's about right, Karen. What do you think? See that picture? Oh yeah, yeah. That's a blacksican. Yeah, yeah. I think you got yeah. it right. That's that's a blacksican. Look like the look like they probably mixed because the hair looked like uh, mama was mama white and daddy black and mama didn't know what to do with the baby with this hair. All right, last article, guys. <laughs> this one is for double the racism points. Let's do it. 
a tinley park woman accused of running over her boyfriend with a car after she drove him home from a bar friday will need to post ten thousand dollars to leave jail wow christine a myers 23 picked up her boyfriend from a bar on friday and began arguing with him um when the couple arrived at the house they they share the boyfriend got out the car and sprawled out on the ground in front of the vehicle then prosecutors say myers drove over him well he made it so easy you know uh myers faces an aggravated domestic battery charge after her boyfriend suffered severe burns on his chest and back Ooh. So she must have like left the car on top of him because it's hot, you know, running, burnt them all up. Right. The man also suffered burns that tore the skin off of his testicles. Oh, let's see. When they said burning rubber, they they mean that (laughs) shit, don't they? Oh, my God. Now, you see, most people, they were sitting up there talking about they want to cut off his testicles. But no, not me. Mm-mm. She want to melt them shits off. Oh, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, a nigga bleed out seven minutes tops yeah. with cut off his testicles. Uh, oh, like a nigga melt seven minutes tops. An injury that was required. It will require surgery to get his ball skin back. Where do they take that skin from? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> like, I know where if you need, like, uh like like i know they like take it from like maybe your knee maybe your knee is closest to (laughs) (laughs) his neck (laughs) extra extra belly rolls they take that shit from somewhere because balls ain't hard so yeah i'm just saying man like ball skin gotta be hard to replace you know it shrivels (laughs) up when it's cold it gets like i don't know um maybe they just give them like an old uh crown royal bag (laughs) <laughs> think if i had to think if i had to replace my balls that's what i would go with i would at least have swag um so <laughs> but i look here girl they purple and gold Bing. Yeah, they come in their own bag don't pull yourself out of cup girl um do you think they'd be like false teeth you can kind of take up uh, you know pop them out <laughs> i just tell her like fabulous throw it in the bag <laughs> then um prosecutors oh yeah so she drove over him she faces an aggravated, um, oh wait, oh, I already said that part. Attorney Tom Oss asked Judge Adam Bourgeois Jr. to set Myers bail at 6000 meaning she would only have to post $600 to leave. Uh, the judge said, are you serious? You asked me to set a $600 bond for a driving, for driving over somebody? That is the charge. Then the judge set the bail for one hundred thousand dollars. Wow! What you Damn. get? What you get for running your mouth? He said, "People argue every day, but they don't resort to violence." That is quite bourgeois. Of I'm him. surprised it was so low because she ran over the balls, and the dude got balls too. He should have had some sympathy. Mm. Yeah, she's lucky it wasn't the Iowa Supreme Court. She would have been under the jail. What? Mm-mm. All right, guys. So guess the race of Miss Christine A. Myers, 23 years old. White. Okay, anybody else? You said some uppity white chick. Maybe she can talk. Everything about that story makes her white. Yeah, I was going to say Asian until she said, can I get it to $600? I'm like, <laughs> you're white. Yeah, I mean, she was in a car and hit a man, so that I can see where you go Asian. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. I was like, oh, you talking to the judge all smart. Okay. A hundred, a thousand dollar weave worshiper, says Popson. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this is an angry black woman, something out of a Tyler Perry movie, Medea's Crazy Sister. Oh. No tooth having smelled like wet dog meth smoking white. June is back. Uh, 
uh carly ray jepson fan when she bag when she bag back she fronting on you niggas black oh lord runner up in the in the miss honduras beauty pageant black cracking crack ball cracking crack, cracker they argued over cheese <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is uh say goodbye to miss laura white that's the yeah, correct yeah. answer um look <laughs> this has been a true joy uh we always yes, love having you guys on yes make sure you guys check them out man like i said they have a wonderful podcast where you can get a cornucopia yeah of blackness yes i'm so telling we, you one day we gotta get it where we can get the, the rest of the like roger calls it illustrious negroes on here with us yeah i don't know what that was sound. i don't think i'm as good a moderator as uh jc i mean as uh kc <laughs> And uh, I definitely know I can't uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up when they talking like that. I would be like, no, nigga, this why you wrong. You shut the fuck up. You gonna listen. Like, that podcast be so ratchet if I hosted that shit. Now, you gonna listen to me now. I have the mic. <laughs> now, just all the editors will come back like, look, John got out of control and he had Can to I go. Can I do a quick shameless self-plug? Sure, of course. All you guys that are following us on Twitter, I'm asking... Excuse me, that you follow us on Facebook. You can find us at Black Is Magazine on Facebook. I'm really, this year, we're going to be doing a big push to increase the amount of interaction we have on Facebook um, and Twitter. Uh, we spend so much time trying to get the content down during the week that the time for social networking has definitely scaled uh, dramatically. But on both, actually on both sites, on Facebook and Twitter, I would love if you guys followed us and interacted with us if you see stuff on the site or you listen to a podcast and it it interests you and you have an opinion about it please call the hotline we'll air it when we do the podcast or leave a comment on the website we really want to try to develop a greater community in 2012 um, excuse me, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a few more days, then y'all better get on it. <laughs> yeah, right now we're like four Facebook likes away from 300. And I'm just hoping we get there before the end of the year. But I definitely hope to have a great increase in 2013. Because I know we have a lot of folks that support us and listen to us. And so help us help ourselves um, by getting those numbers up with our Facebook and Twitter account. And we love y'all. Thank you, Rod and Karen, for having no us problem. on here. Man, it's always an honor to be on the show, man. Oh, man, we appreciate y'all coming. We back. love having y'all um, on West Coast peeps. Uh, yeah, check them out, man. Blackisonline.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out their Facebook page. Uh, birdpublicity.com. Sicklycat.com. The links will all be in the show notes. Yes, they will. Um, yeah, and if you like that show, go leave them a review on iTunes. All that stuff. Yes, um, please yeah. do, guys. You know, they're friends of the show, man. And they're very supportive of us and vice yes, versa. Um, yes. And you know what to do for us, man. Hit us up. Blackoutist.com slash about all the content contact information is there so i won't run it through it again but you guys know what to do and leave us a five-star review on itunes man we read it on the feedback shows that we do at 10 a.m every saturday morning yep um i think that's about it for now so um until next time i love you you too baby Let's go get him again, Joe. Oh, my.